Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 50, and uh, I am Joe Murata, alongside the one and only Michael Quinn. Quinn, it is our season five finale, 50 episodes in. How are you feeling about that, man? Well, first of all, yes. howdy doody. Yo. Howdy doody, sir. Yes. Nice to see you again, Second Michael. Second of all, 50 years? What? What is going on here? <laughs> it's a long time. It's so long. Half a century of OVP. Half a century in podcast terms. It's crazy, right? Yes. Yeah, podcast terms where one episode is one year. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, folks, we thank you for all of these years, all of these episodes. Thank you so much for joining us for our Season 5 finale. Next week, of course, we will be back. But for this Monday, September 25th, Quinn, we've got some very special topics in store that we both know about. Some choice topics that were pre-selected, pre-ordered, if <laughs> yes, you will. Yes, pre-ordered. Yes. Right. And before we get to any of those topics and any of the, the fun and the shenanigans of the day, I want to remind you, if you haven't yet, why don't you go on Twitter, uh, twitter.com. Yeah, you ever hear that? Twitter. <laughs> and you could follow us there. If you want to do that, we are at OVP Podcast, Quinn. Yes, and that, that is true. What can they do there? Well, they can send giffies and, you know, you do the stuff that you do on Twitter. There. Right. Have you ever heard of this Twitter? Yes. Twitter.com, yeah. web, whatever it is. And the, the you best- go on there and you tweet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then not only that, Quinn, we have a website. Yes, ovppodcast.com. You can type it into your web browser. Maybe you have Opera, uh, <laughs> Netscape, uh, Opex, I don't know, one of those web browsers out there. And you can go over and you can get all the links to all the things that we do. That's right. And including the suggestion box, right. Quinn, what's that all about? You click the suggestions at the top, right? Mm-hmm, yep. It leads you to an Excel spreadsheet looking thing on this thing they call Google Docs. Have yeah, I've heard, heard of it. That. Yes. Yes. And you can add in your own suggestions. You put your name, serial number, right. uh, web address, date of uh, birth, date of birth, the topic. And um, your name. That way we can call you out here can, on the show. We can give you a shout out. Yep. We're particularly looking for the Rushmore and the reviews, the double R's right. there, because that other first segment is constantly rotating every 10 episodes, every season, Quinn. Yeah. So if you do want to get it in for that season, you have to be timely about yes, it. Um, exactly. But yes, that is definitely a thing. Now, another thing I've heard is our Facebook group. Over at the Facebook group. <laughs> You can talk about all the great things about retro wrestling. With all the great fans. Yes, like Marty Howell. And, yeah, well, but you know, Jacob George and Gary Fay, all of our guys, yeah. Mick Price. We yeah. got all of them there. They're all there. Ruben Vasquez. You can talk about it. And to get on that, you go on Facebook.feet. Yes, .feet. You go in the search bar. You type our vantage point, Retro Wrestling Podcast. Mm-hmm. You'll see the PR page. Don't do that. No, no. You click the group. You click join, and we approve you. You're in. Anybody gets in, we don't care. Yep. And a few other things before we get right to the fun here. You can reach us via email at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. And another thing, Quinn, is we're hosted on SoundCloud for now anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they don't go to business. But there are other places to listen to this podcast. If you haven't found a method by now, yes. <laughs> what are some of those places, Quinn? There's always Apple Podcasts, the premier provider of OVP. That's correct. Um, over there, you can hit subscribe. Yep. 
and then the podcast gets into your thingy majiggy and you get the <laughs> podcast. You don't have to do anything. Um, also on there, you can leave a review. If you mm. like the podcast, leave five stars. Say you love it. If you don't like the podcast, leave five stars. Say, say you hate, hate it. it. It's perfect. But either way, you get to have your name inscribed on the review yes. thing for all eternity, I guess, or until <laughs> Apple goes out of business. Very big honor, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And where else is there, Quinn, besides uh, Apple Podcasts? Well, there's Google Play Music, yeah, there is. Stitcher. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, my oh, goodness oof, gracious. Gorilla, now. Geez. Okay. Uh, wow. Wow, I lost my train of thought that's, there. That's what, okay. There's yeah, player.fm. Yeah, and Odo and Otis, <laughs> whatever they are. And a bunch of places that we never use and that maybe you've never heard of. Yeah, but basically where they have podcasts, generally we're there. You know what? That's gonna, how we can do this for season six. Yeah. <laughs> next next week, just where they have podcasts, we're there. Yeah. Just find us. Yes. <laughs> okay? And um, not only that, there's one more thing. We are at another place, Quinn. Do you know what it is? Is it a nation of <laughs> yes, places? The place to be nation.com. That is, from what I understand and from what they keep saying, the only place to be in your pop culture world. The only one. That's a big claim. There's no other place. Yeah. So don't go anywhere else. <laughs> don't, <laughs> go to, don't leave. <laughs> go to place to be nation.com. Yeah. Listen to us again. Listen to their other podcasts again, which is, they're good. And then there's also greetings from Allentown. Yeah, with uh, baby brother Petey <laughs> over there. <laughs> He's great. We he's love Petey Winston. Awesome. He does GF Allentown on Twitter. That's why I think of him as a little brother. That's right. He calls it. He's the one that started it. He started calling us the brother show. The Our Vantage Point podcast. The brother show of greetings from Allentown. And brother. What, yeah. Hulk Hogan's involved now. <laughs> you listen to the podcast, brother. Yeah. All right. So you know what? Enough fun, Quinn. Let's do the actual show. And Quinn, did you know this is our last ever Why Did They Bother? Is it really? Yeah. Do you have it in your script? I don't. Mm. Uh, last oh right last ever last ever <laughs> why did they bother okay so we have been asking this whole season obviously why they bother with something and some of you folks have asked as well why they bothered and we did get some good suggestions I will not lie we, yes. we kind of Quinn and I kind of agonized over this final decision yeah there was a bunch of them like uh, why did May Young have a hand for a baby <laughs> or why was there a fake razor and diesel or or the XFL in general yeah like why did they do that why you know? did they do the invasion why right. did they do David Arquette is the world <laughs> champion. There's a lot. There's a lot. But what did we settle on? Well, back in 2007, something very, very morbid and serious happened. Yes. But before that, <laughs> Vince McMahon, the character, Mr. McMahon, was killed off, supposedly. And what Quinn and I want to know, why did they bother killing off Vince McMahon like it's a soap opera? Quinn, I don't know why they bought her. It was stupid. Like it was the worst thing. Like why couldn't they just give him a gold watch and say bye? Like what the hell? Now, folks, for a little bit of background here, uh, Vince McMahon obviously owns the WWF. Yeah, no shit. Really, Dizzy. And he had owned it for a while at that point, and in 2007, he had been an on-screen character as Mr. McMahon. Okay, so Vince McMahon, owner, right? Right. Mr. McMahon, evil boss. And also, Vince McMahon was like the announcer. Yeah, like, not I am Vince McMahon! But no M-I-S-T-E-R. No, V-I-N-C-E. V-I-N-C-E owned it. And his suits were lighter colored when he was nice. Yeah, the yellow and the red coats. When he was nice, he had the brighter suits. Yes. Then he had heel suits when he turned heel. you know, before he became even heel, he used to wear like the raw, like, I don't, battle gear. I don't know, like, what that. Yeah, it's a raw, like, uniform, basically. Yeah. So Vince McMahon 
who had been on screen now for almost 10 years as a heel. Right. Due to the Austin feud and then his various other feuds that were never as good as the Austin feud. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Although, I do say, when he was feuding with Bobby Lashley and wore do-rag and, like, the ECW champion, that was great. He's a stooge in a do-rag. We talk about a brother's crime time. And, yeah. that, and that's actually good timing here, yeah. because... In 2007, a few things happened with Vince. One thing was, out of nowhere, he decides, I want to shave Donald Trump's head. Can we get back to Donald Trump, who's going to sit right there? He's going to sign a deal, a deal that's going to make Donald Trump out to be the laughing stock of the entire world. This is a deal that Donald Trump will not be able to get out of. Grab him by the pussy. First of all, I don't know what, like, was Trump's hair that, like, like who gave a shit back People then? People thought it was fake. That was, like, a big thing. And they also thought Vince McMahon's was fake, so Vince thought that was the funniest thing in the world, oh, so oh, he's gonna oh. make a whole angle about it. I'm gonna shave his head, or he's gonna shave my head. So Vince gets his head shaved at WrestleMania 23 with the help of President Trump and Stone Cold Austin. Yes. And Bobby Lindsay. Yes. So that happens. So Vince starts to get a little, like, weird, right? But then, one of Quinn's favorite things that he mentioned happens in the spring of 2007. Right. Hardcore champion Vince McMahon. It's great. ECW champion. they could have just went with that. Uh They shouldn't have even bothered with any of the car blowing up stuff or whatever. (laughs) They should have just, he should have always just been, like, hood Vince McMahon or whatever he was supposed to be. It was great. What's good in the hood? Just holding it down, trying to take care of business. Keep it up. I'm a yeah, just explain that his head got like got hit in the head by like an anvil or something, Perfect. and that, an anvil. Yeah, just and that that's what he is for all time, and it's like it's just a constant gimmick of his kids trying to is he to a like runner. Yeah, his <laughs> kids anvil? trying to like turn him back to like normal you know, Vince. Yeah. Right. So what happens here is from the fallout of of getting the head shaved. He becomes hardcore champion, and his hair never grew back quite the same. Yeah, it wasn't was so, hardcore champion. It was, it sorry, was ECW. ECW champion. Yeah. And his hair was always, like, weird after that. Yeah, like, it, never, it never combed right after that. <laughs> Although, was, I will say this. In the last couple years, he's back. somehow, like, quaffed it into, <laughs> yeah. like, the right hair. Like, he's back to normal, sort of, but his face is skinnier, so <laughs> it messes it up. But face anywho, is soggy. Yeah. <laughs> so, after Vince loses the ECW title to Bobby Lashley at One Night Stand 2007, right. We get like a weird deterioration of Vince McMahon I mean, kind for of a few weeks. Down. Yeah, because yeah. remember he'd be like, get, get. I remember <laughs> yeah. that. We watched that Raw together where get, he was like, get. yeah, get, 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 get. And he started to like lose his shit, right? Yeah. So then in this fateful Raw in June of 2007, we have Mr. McMahon Appreciation Night. Remember right. that? Oh, I remember it. And the whole idea, you know, is that all these wrestlers are going to praise Vince and kiss his ass. But of course, what really winds up happening nobody is does. everyone makes fun of him. Yeah. You know, like Bret Hart appears and he's like, you know, I don't like Vince for screwing me over. And there's only one thing that works better than, than words to express appreciation to Vince McMahon. And that's one of these, right upside the jaw. And if you've got a whole bunch of them, maybe about 30 or 40, all the better. That's the best thing that could ever happen to Vince McMahon. And that's all I got to say about that. I think the only people that are nice to him, like Bobby Heenan might be, but he's like, what? In a video clip or something. Are you serious? I don't remember that part. He's put more people to work than anybody in the history of wrestling. He's also put more people out of work than anybody in professional wrestling. What happens is at the very end of the show, 
And this was so good, right. obviously. This really needed to happen. Do you remember, Quinn, all the wrestlers are lined up? Right. And that's why I needed you to remind me just now why. Because, yeah. like, that was the one thing when we were, like, talking about this in pre-show prep or whatever. Yeah, sure. I was like, I was like, why were they all standing there? Right. I don't really remember. So that he made them, right? He made them. Yeah. It was Mr. McMahon Appreciation Night. And we have this like long shot of him walking through the entire thing out of the out of the ringside area all the way backstage to the arena. All these wrestlers standing up like lining the hallway, the back. Yeah, area. and something with Paul London happens. <laughs> yeah, Paul London like smiles at him, and then he got fired afterwards yeah. for breaking kayfabe or Great. something because for this al- stupid angle because you're not allowed to smile. We lost Paul London for this shit. I know. <laughs> Great. So Vince steps out the door of the arena, steps into his limousine, and the limousine blows up. Now, here's some problems here. First yeah. of all, they treated it on WWE.com like it was real. Like yeah, Vince like, McMahon's dead. This is it. Vince, Vince McMahon is dead. He actually died. He's dead. That's it. There's problems with that because, first of all, if you die on the show, right? Right. But you're also like, you still work there. Like, he's still behind the scenes. Like, everyone still sees <laughs> yeah. him. Like, he's a co worker. <laughs> like, he is the employer of these people, right? Right, yes. When he really dies and they're like, oh man, we want to honor Vince or whatever. Yeah. Now, what the hell do you do? Because he already died <laughs> right. on TV. So, the next night on ECW, they do a 10 bell salute and they're yep. acting like this is real. Now, exactly. that's fucked up. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Forget what happened afterwards, which we'll get to in a second if you don't know. <laughs> yeah. What about Eddie Guerrero, who had just died in 2005? Well, to be fair, they always used to give the 10 bell salute, so they were kind of trying to make it seem more real, right? right but come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean we know it's a slap the, in the face. The problem is, is that it's very obvious this isn't real because it would be on the real news if, like, Vince McMahon limo blew I up know, and he died. I know, I know. See, like, Roz Abrams talk about it on, like, <laughs> I Miss News or something. Cue a Roz Abrams clip. Good afternoon, everyone. Victoria has the day off. I'm Tim Fleischer. And I'm Roz Abrams. Some Brooklyn parents are shocked at what they say their children learned in school, a lesson in corporal punishment. So, (laughs) the next week, Quinn, is scheduled to be a three-hour tribute raw (laughs) to Vince McMahon. Well, that didn't happen. (laughs) No, it didn't. And here's what happened. We get a crisp tribute that Monday. Because no one knew yet why crisp was dead. Right. So we get three hours of Chris Voldemort matches. Yeah. The next night on ECW, we find out what happened officially. And Mr. McMahon is like, "Um, this is the last time you're ever going to hear that person on the show ever again. He also should have said, well, I'm just here for a minute. This is the last time you're going to hear from me, too. (laughs) Last night on Monday Night Raw, the WWE presented a special tribute show, recognizing the career of Chris However, now some 26 hours later, the facts of this horrific tragedy are now apparent. Therefore, other than my comments, there will be no mention of Mr. B****'s name tonight. WWE performers will do what they do better than anyone else in the world. Entertain you. So we find out in August, the return of the Mr. McMahon character. Right. And you know what it was? He faked his death, Quinn. Why? (laughs) Like, why? Why? So, apparently, whether or not Chris did what he did, the whole plan was always for McMahon to be faking his death. That's embarrassing. Why? Because, like, what is the means? Why does the owner of the company who can do whatever he wants 
why does he need to fake his death? Like, can he just say, like, I want to take a couple months off? <laughs> like, it's his freaking company. Like, he pay- he doesn't even have to work there it's if he true. didn't want to. You're right. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't either. And I think one of the problems here is, first of all, we're killing off characters like it's Dynasty or As the World Turns or Guiding Light or something like that. Well, it's a soap I, opera now. I will say this. I think we can't be haters on killing off characters because we're big fans of like that time that guy died on Lucha Underground, like <laughs> Bale or whatever. Yeah, Bale plus Conan's dead. I yeah. know you won't admit that, it, but it he's never dead. happened on screen. So. But he is dead. They yeah. refer to him as dead. We'll have to ask Melissa Santos about that. We ha- we will. But as far as the Vince McMahon thing, right? How dry for ideas were they? Where his whole thing is like, oh, I faked my death for what? I don't know if it's a, a dry for ideas dry for ideas thing or is it tone deaf no as much as it's the mcmahon's have to be front and center all the time that's another problem there and that that actually the killing of vince mcmahon's on-screen character or the faking of the death is actually really a very good indication of vince mcmahon's real ego behind the scenes like let's devote a whole angle to me dying right and that's because he wants to write himself off ultimately for a couple months, right? Yes. So that that has to eat up every waking moment of the show. <laughs> He's just the freaking owner. Isn't this a company about wrestling? Like where they fight each other? Like he doesn't even fight anymore. I know. Can't it just be like get out of here with the fucking exploding limos and the stunts? Just have one guy hate another guy and fight for a belt. Yes. That's all you need in this sport. What? That's all you need. Was there ever a need to have essentially a who shot? JR right. thing in wrestling. And that's what it is. Yes. Who cares? Yeah. Why did they do this? There was no need for it. It was not necessary. It did not need to happen. I didn't care at the time. Who cares? Exactly, Gorilla. And you know what? They thought this was such a good thing right. that, and they were so saddened that it got ruined because of Voldemort, <laughs> yeah, right? Because of a real life thing. Right. That they decided to fucking do it again. Yes, a year later they do McMahon's millions and what happens? Vince McMahon can't answer the phone because he's never answered a phone without a secretary in his life <laughs> for like three hours on Raw. He gets rickrolled. If not, you can enjoy the music until your party answers the phone. Wait, now hang on, give the guy a minute. He's going to answer. Answer your phone, you idiot. He gets rickrolled. It's it's like a terrible display. First of all, it exposes like that he's an old man who doesn't know how to use things and <laughs> do anything for himself. Here. <laughs> and you know what? It's not even an old man thing as much as a rich person thing. It's mm, like he's mm-hmm. not used to doing things right. for himself. Yeah, like d- dialing like a fo- like a phone. It wasn't even a cell phone. Right. It was like a telephone. <laughs> My like eighty year old grandma can do that. Why? Because. They they are rich and they they don't they're not billionaires who don't answer their own fucking phones. But anywho, yes. So all this happens, right? Yes. The McMahon's millions. It's so great. Blah blah blah. <laughs> There's people like saying stupid shit on the phone all night. Yeah. And it all ends with <laughs> all of a sudden the stage like explodes or something. Falls on like him. It, it falls. But it's also like the fate, like the biggest fake like collapse. Yeah, like, it I looks know. like so like jerry rigged. It looks like I know. It looks like something like uh, on a Hollywood set how they would like fake something falling apart. Yes, exactly. Like anyway, it all falls and Vince is just yelling, my legs, my legs. Paul. And then Paul, my legs. Paul, you okay? 
You all right? You all right? Okay. Don't I move. Can't go by Don't move. Now they're like breaking the fourth wall. Like John Cena's trying to help them. Like Mike Kyoto's probably <laughs> out there. There's probably <laughs> all sorts of like random. <laughs> Stephanie's probably ah my dad. Yeah. Like it, it's like this whole disaster. It's like a death in the family or something. And what does that lead to? It leads to Vince. Being off screen again for a long time, it leads to Stephanie and Shane being like, we need you to pull together, WWE fans. And here's uh, the new general manager, Mike Adamley. Wow. Yeah, that. Yeah. Wow. And then, of course, the way Vince wrote himself off, and this one actually kind of worked properly. Right. This is the way they should have done it the whole time. The third attempt here. The third attempt where basically Triple H came out and he's like, um, they voted you away and uh, you need to get out of here. <laughs> he's not, he's like, I'm sorry, yeah, Dad. I'm sorry, like, Dad. It's like an actual, like a heartfelt, yeah. like nobody's like, no confrontation. No. It's like, sorry, Dad, you're old. We can yeah. do this. You you trained us well. We yeah. can do this. I can't even believe I'm going to say this and believe Vince, this is with all due respect. I am here to inform you that Vince, you are relieved of your duties. I love you, Pop. And I'm sorry. And and since then, he actually has been very sporadic. Right. But in 2007, 10 years ago, his limo blew up, and that is the why that they bother. Right. What end game was there with this shit? See, this is the thing with the whole if he faked his own death thing. You know what the biggest problem with it is? What? Is that it reeks. It smells. It's like foot fungus odor, whatever, <laughs> of the whole higher power angle. Very good point, It's Glenn. totally all there. It's like the only reason... You would fake your own death as if you had some ridiculous, maniacal plan. Right, like, right, right. And what would that have even been? Like, he's the Undertaker's dad? I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like, what was the end game? I don't know. That's the whole thing here is why did they bother with this elaborate thing? Forget the Chris Voldemort thing, right? right. Whether Because if that didn't happen, it was still going to be a faking his death. That was the right. storyline. Why? Why? Like, what does that do? What benefit does it serve? What benefit? Why did they bother? All they did was spend a lot of money. Yeah. On a limo blowing up. And the only thing, the plausible thing, is that they were just going to bring him back. And the the trick here is that both ends Mm would have been the night he dies is high ratings and the night he comes back is high ratings. Great. So it's just a ratings grab. That's the only like plausible thing because the storylines involved with it were dog shit. I know. And yeah. then and when he did come back, he wound up being like having like Hornswoggle as a son, but it yeah. wasn't really his son. It was Finley's son. And then somehow Kennedy was supposed to be his son yeah, at but some he point. Didn't but become then they, his son. Yeah. But he should have been. A lot of these his son things. <laughs> his own son. His own son. So folks, we want to know what you think. Why did they bother? What did should it have worked? Should they have bothered? Why did they do this? What should did it even happen? Should it have happened? What did you think when you saw it at the time? If you were watching, and we want to thank you, by the way, for all of your suggestions in general. Keep them coming for topics in general, and we'll do whatever we can. Like right. we mentioned, we'll do what we can. But in the meantime, Quinn and I are going to take a break. When we come back, we have our final Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of the season. Back after this. Sam, you got a question for Triple H? You're always good with the question. Yeah, sure. Uh, how worried were you when you thought Vince McMahon was dead? 
Oh man, I was scared to death. If, if I if I hadn't seen them pre-tape it, where he got in and out of the car, <laughs> I, 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 you know. Of course, I, you're talking about the limo explosion when we saw that. What we'll kills me is so many people. Call, I mean, the office the next day, like people. I'm not kidding you. Like, and they'd probably be mad at me for saying like Trump called and was like, did something happen to Vince? <laughs> you know, like, did dude, Trump not understand that that magic, was a skit? It's <laughs> the magic of television. You know what I mean? Wrong. That is absolutely wrong. Proved over and over again. From our race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us for episode number 50, our season 5 finale here, on Monday, September 25th, 2017. Quinn, it is time to put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, put four of the worst down into the desert of Death Valley. Did you know that? Oh, really? Yeah, you have the pick, actually, this week, Quinn. So what are we talking about? What did you decide? Well, my final decision was this. Okay. We've done a lot of these. We have. We have done a lot of them. But we've put this one off for quite a bit. Okay. And I think the time is about right for it. This week, we are doing the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... WWF wrestlers. Whoa! Wow! Some criteria, male only, where we can save the women for another time. Okay, fair enough. And this is just best overall... Worst overall, period. So so best meaning overall, just like not not necessarily in ring. Yeah. I mean, you can use the game pro way of doing it and like technique and (laughs) like charisma Charisma or or whatever, something like that. Long lasting appeal. Uh, Pretty much any criteria that makes a wrestler good. Right. You know, obviously this is just WWF. Yep. Again, I mean, WCW could be for another day. Okay. ECW could be for another day, whatever. But like this this is just WWF. All eras... From the founding of the company in 1963 or whatever the hell it was. Sure. Yeah. Jess McMahon or whatever. Yeah. Toots McMahon. Toots McMahon. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, Quinn, I guess since you had the pick, yeah. I have the stick. Yep. Okay. Hulk Hogan. Sorry. There yeah, you go. Yeah, I mean, Hulk Hogan <laughs> is the basis of the company as it is right the now. The 80s version yeah. onward, yes. I mean, the company pre-Hogan was not as big. Well, the company period. pre-Hogan was not supposed to be as big. No, it was more regional. They were an NWA territory for a lot of it, except for some of the 70s. And Bruno San Martino was as big as you could get for what they were doing. Yes. He was. I mean, there's no well, question about it. Well, for a territory. That's what yeah. I mean, for what they were doing. And Morales was to a degree. And yeah. Backlund was, well, and Backlund was okay. But what Hogan did was it made possible, and whether or not it had to be Hogan or not is debatable, but it certainly was Hogan. It made possible for Vince to do the things that he did in the 80s. Right. It made it possible for him to have a big company as he has now. I don't yes. think, we don't think of the small things that are possible because of Hulk Hogan. Like, for example, the WWE Network. And I'm proud to say my Hulkamaniacs were a huge part of helping launch the WWE Network. Right. Or, like things yeah. like this. Merchandising. Is, yeah, merchandising. Yeah. You can start by getting in shape with a Hulkamania workout set. Basic things that are how the company functions today. Correct. Are because uh, they were built on the back of the Hulk Hogan run. Yes. Now, you may say. Hogan wasn't that great a wrestler in the ring. I'd say he was a smart wrestler. He was a smart wrestler. He knew the crowd. He knew what to play to. 
He did. And, you know, evidence of this would be when he goes to Japan, he wrestles like a technical wrestler. Yes, he he wrestles in America, he's boisterous, charismatic. And power style. Yeah. Very, very big, floppy, demonstrative moves that appeal to a mass audience. Right. From a two-year-old to a 90-year-old. Everybody knows what he's doing. Exactly, because he does the body slam. Like, I'm going to body slam him, brother. The hand to the ear. It's all very visual. It's all very basic. The red and the yellow to stand out. Yeah. Against his orange skin. (laughs) Right. He's got iconic t-shirts that you can root for that. He's like a team in himself. Exactly. You know, he's something to look at. He's Mm -hmm. something to cheer for. He's something to believe in. And he was the first of that kind. Whereas Bruno, and I'm not going to underestimate his appeal to the New York and Northeast in the 60s and 70s. I mean, he had it, definitely. Right. But he was supposed to be like the everyman. Right. So was Pedro. Right. So was Backlund. And Backlund was boring as shit for the Northeast, you know, because he's from Minnesota. You know, it was like uh, we united together in there because I don't actually think I had enough power in my body to beat the man without him. What Vince realized about that whole everyman thing from his father uh-huh. is that the everyman not doesn't necessarily always want to just see himself wrestle. Maybe he wants to see a bigger, larger-than-life character. Right, like a very larger-than-life cartoony version of maybe an everyman, which right. is what Hogan was. Or even like a superhero. Which is also kind of what Hogan With, became. Now, if you look, I mean, people like to watch Marvel movies and sure. watch superheroes sure. that, you know, maybe they were weak before, <laughs> right. and now they're strong and powerful. So that's that's a big thing now. So And it, and, and it, it shows Hogan's, like, long-term appeal. It shows that Vince was ahead of the curve. Yeah. With that kind of thing. And not only that, though, I mean, the dude could wrestle if he needed to. Yeah, if it's he like wanted he to. couldn't, but, like, yeah. why do... What the IWC, you know, like match. Why well, do a good match if you don't have to? Right. And How there was that? no IWC back then. I know, but I'm using that as a general blanket term for, for the Meltzer crew of the 80s. Right. It it might be in modern times with the internet and everything hard to understand why people still go back to Hogan. <laughs> right, right, right. Day in and day out and yeah. say he's the greatest of all time. It, it's mass market. It's mass appeal. It's it comfort food for and wrestling. H- Hogan yeah. is comfort food. Yeah. And the best part about him is, look, if you don't like him, you can still cheer against the face Hogan, and it's still fun. Right, and he had other enemies that were massively popular, like Roddy Piper Randy or Macho Savage, Man. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you don't have to be like, yeah, get him, Hulk, to yeah. appreciate him. Right. You can watch the Savage feud, and if you feel like it, take Savage's side. Right. You or can, Roddy Piper. Yeah, it, because Piper's just like, well, I'm small. Yeah. You know, like Piper's small, and just like a loudmouth, but he's not big, he's not larger than life, so take his side if you yeah. want to. Or Orndorff. Yeah. For for Hogan being a dick. Or, or the ultimate warrior. Or the ultimate warrior. Or Bobby Heenan because he's funny. Yeah. You know, and you don't like and Hogan. And that's why Hogan works too is because you can place things around him yes. and the audience can side with who they like. Sure. And it took them a long time to not side with Hogan. Right. That says something about yep. him. Like six years or five yeah, years or something. Exactly. So I think he's a clear number one for best WWF wrestlers overall. He's because- like the bedrock for the company like he, he is really a, is a lot of the success like we said is built around hulk hogan yeah and before anyone says anything yes we know bruno was important right we know pedro was important mm-hmm. we know backland was important none of them are hulk hogan i'm sorry no not at all so hulk hogan hulk hogan for number one i'm with you right. let's, let's do it well michael who you think for number two I think John Cena, to be honest with you, I think he's yeah. the, the basis of the modern era 
He's the modern Hogan he in is. a sense that he is. he's different, but he's very much the same. John Cena, look, I didn't like the guy for a while. Right. The dude has proven himself yes. to be a professional. And, and by the way, quick minor rant, anyone that's like, John Cena buries people. John Cena is not the booker. Yes. What is going on, guys? And welcome back to another video. Today we have WWE Top 10 Barry Superstars by none other than John Cena. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> John Cena does not book the show. Right. He has put everyone over yes. that they have wanted him to put over. Right. It's not like there's, he decides. There's really no ifs, ands, or buts. John Cena is the true successor to Hulk Hogan that they always wanted. The larger than life. The larger than life. Kids love him. Yep. He's like the nicest man, too, Yeah. by the way. What the fuck is word life? It's some shit to make you sick. Put a finger up your ass and stick one in your dick. Yeah, I'm dirty like that. Just remember, you guys, you guys do the work. And I mean that. And uh, don't think that you're the only one who's up against it. And don't think you're the only one who... Uh, doesn't have challenges to face every day. He's the record holder for Make a Wish. He is. I, I can't say enough good things right. about that. He's a fantastic wrestler. He when is, there is he's a good. big match, he's good. He is the man. He is good. I, I didn't think he would be. I didn't, I didn't think it either. I didn't but want it, to admit it's it. It's a pleasant surprise, really. And going way back too. He was good in ten years ago. Yeah, Umaga, Shawn Michaels, right, Randy it, Orton. They had great matches. You hand John Cena anything, and it's gold. He's damn good. If he needs to be edgy, he can even though be. he's face, yep. he will be edgy. If he needs to be corny and goofy and right. look stupid, if that if that's the the time that is that that is necessary, yep. that is like what he does. He is the modern version of Hulk Hogan in that regard. Yes, because he is the larger than life. He's the one that the kids love so much. He's the guy that does all the PR. Mm -hmm. But not only that, he's damn good in the ring, and he's an entertaining promo. Say what you will. Yeah, about. you know he's entertaining. And here's the thing. Cena, to me, is an anchor. He's like a moral compass for how a professional wrestler should behave inside and outside the ring. He is every single thing you could want out of your top star. Do you ever have a wellness violation? Nope. Do you ever have a drug violation of any kind? Nope. Any, any proof? No. He never got in trouble with the law? Never got arrested? No scandal? Nope. Nothing. Can't even say that about Hogan. Yeah. John Cena, like him or hate him, I don't know why you'd hate him. Yeah, I really don't get it anymore. It anymore. Was, it was clever for a little bit. Yeah, when, like, <laughs> clever, trendy. Yeah, like, yeah, it was trendy. It's like, oh, oh, he always wins. Why should I? He stinks. He takes out the stakes and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right, right. So did Hulk Hogan. What are you? Mm -hmm. And these are the same people. These yeah. are the same lame people saying that, you know? Austin always won, too. Yeah, By on. the way. Yeah. Like, it, in all honesty. If you're the, like, figurehead of the company. You usually win. Right. I that, don't know what this is. That's It's called sending the crowd home happy. Right. That's, like, the point. What's he supposed to do? Just lose every match? <laughs> yeah. What is this? And by the way, in the last, like, five years or so, have you ever noticed he never really wins the big match? Like, he always, like, comes, like, really close but loses. God, he's put over what CM Punk. Right. He's put over AJ Styles. Yes, just any you could anybody. Why right. not? Why wouldn't he? Yeah. So overall, John Cena, I don't think I can disagree. No. If he retired yesterday, still the greatest. If he retired six months ago, right. If he retired a year ago, 
still wouldn't change his position. Yeah. He's proven himself. Right. He is what he should have been and so much more. And Vince should be very thankful to have a John Cena. Right. Uh, hey, I'm sorry. Bigger to wrestling than The Rock. Maybe not mainstream. Right. Maybe not Hollywood. I get it. Mm-hmm. Bigger to wrestling than The but Rock. But that's yet to be seen. See, right. I think Cena, Cena can still make it in Hollywood. Cena, he has a really good thing going for him once he's done with this wrestling. He's talented. He's likable. He's presentable. He's charismatic. Yes. And he's a hell of a wrestler. And hell he's endured. Guy. He has endured. Yeah. For number two, John Cena. I'd like to take this opportunity to mention that at any time. You can tweet at us, you can go to our Facebook group, or you can email us your Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of best WWF wrestlers of all time. Quinn, I'm thinking for a number three here. Sure. I'm not going to go the route that um, I thought I was going to. I'm actually going to go with Randy Savage. Okay. Man! Wow, man! Make your case, because here's the thing. Yep. I don't know. Savage is, is one in my he's been rolling around in my head too I and I'm him. not sure I am telling you I'm not sure either but I figured he would be a good uh, choice of discussion here okay what Randy Savage was was the closest thing to Hulk Hogan you can get in terms of popularity mm-hmm. and mainstream appeal during Hogan's run right no one came closer maybe except warrior for six months right before I even started watching wrestling I knew who the macho man was and I knew who Hulk Hogan was exactly right And that says something, because that says that the Macho Man was equal to Hulk Hogan in in, so many ways, in so many ways, in their rivalry. Mm -hmm. They were the perfect rivals because they were absolute equals. Yeah. No matter what Hogan tells you, I can give Randy the belt, whatever he says, he can carry it for a couple months. It's Randy Savage. I mean, the Macho Man, It's the Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. However, I can see where Macho Man didn't have the same crossover appeal that mm-hmm. Hogan did. He was on, he did the Slim Jim ads, and he was a right. marketable guy and everything, the distinctive voice. Need a little excitement? Snap it to a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Much better wrestler in the ring. Oh, yeah. He was the better wrestling version of Hulk Hogan. However, I don't know if that's because it's a reaction to Hogan. Possibly. Like, he ups his game because he... You know, he can't obviously in the size department or even I like the Macho Man's charisma, but I don't even know if it matches Hulk Hogan's. It's very different. Yeah. It's hard to compare the two. I don't even know. It's intensity more than charisma to me. Exactly. And even promo wise. So I think he compensates with the 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 wrestling wrestling aspect. Which is awesome. Right. Don't get me wrong. Right. So he's a discussion. I'm not going to I don't I can't say he's number three, but who do you have in mind? Well, no, the number three would be Austin. Yeah, that's the other one I was thinking. Because he's the man that carried the company from near extinction to boom. The WWF rose like the phoenix from the ashes on the back of Stone Cold Steve Austin. If it wasn't for him, we might not even be talking about this right now. If it wasn't for him, there would have been no one for the Mr. McMahon character to really feud with and have it matter. Right. He was the right thing at the right time, and that's the most important part. You look at Steve Austin, you look at the attitude, I guess. Sure. You look at the 1990s, and he was just exactly what they needed. Yes, he was, because in the 90s, the later 90s as a whole, 
counterculture and revolting against a lot of the squeaky clean family friendly things and the big neon and glitz and decadence of the late 80s early 90s you know that was what was happening south park howard stern opie and anthony yes all the stuff the rejection of political correctness basically right and not only that it played off another theme in the 90s i noticed with sitcoms where the boss Mm -hmm. versus the employee sure um, which was a common theme in entertainment and culture. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I hate my boss. Movies like Office Space, sitcoms like Roseanne. Sure. Scott says he is not himself in the morning until he has a Pop-Tart. Well, what if they stop making Pop-Tarts? Leon, huh? Leon, I do that, listen to I will be me. living with a person who is himself. Pop-Tart! <laughs> that was like a subconscious thing. In the right, minds right, of right. any working American, male or female. Right. My boss sucks. I wish I could beat him up. And every Monday, he could turn on the channel, and, it was and just he watched this-, this big, bald, redneck beat the shit out of his boss. It was actually awesome, because he had to... You would think they wouldn't have been able to milk that as long as they did, but they kept finding creative ways for Austin to do it. Whether it was barging in with a Zamboni, yeah. whether it was dressing as a doctor and hitting Vince with a bedpan. Right. You know, whether it was a toy gun that said Bang 316. Sh- shooting beer at him. <laughs> shooting beer at him from what a it- beer truck. But not only that fight, like all the over-the-top Austin-ness, right? Yeah. Here's the other thing about him. Hell of a talker. Yep. What? Huh? What? What? Does it look like I care? Do you care? Tell me, do you care? Do you care? Yes. Do you care? Yes, sir. Yes. Do you care? Yes. What? Hell of a wrestler. Right, and this is a guy that came in with a more technical style. Yes, he did. And he switched it to a brawler style based off of injury. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, he was he could change what he was doing. Exactly. In the same way that Hogan was very adaptable depending on where he was, Austin knew that if he was going to keep going, if he was going to be the big star that he wanted to be and that they right. wanted him to be, Fuck it, I gotta be a brawler. Yeah. And you know what? He shaped the main event scene for about two, three years. Right, he did. The brawling, and, in the crowd, intense style. Right, and that just fit the character. And I can't emphasize enough going back to the, the boss versus the employer thing. You have to un, you have to put yourself in the 90s, just that mentality. Yeah. Like, that. it just struck a chord. Yeah. And I, I think it will never go away. If they could ever find a guy... To like have that could do that correctly, right? They would be printing money. It's never ever worked any other time they've tried it, right? They have tried it with so many people over the years. After after Austin, they have tried it to an extent with Roman Reigns for a while. They've tried it with Bobby Lashley. They've tried it with all these people. The only time they got close was CM Punk, but that was a different type of situation. Yeah, it's similar, but it was different. But like you said, you can print money when you do it right. And they did with Punk. If you strike the cord with the boss versus the employer thing, you can go to town on it. You strike that cord and that song can play a long time if you hit it right. You know. So I would say overall, though... Yes, his popularity was a shorter wave than Hogan and then Cena. But I think it had to do more also with the injury. Injury, the timing of his career where he actually did hit yeah, a big. Yeah, his career trajectory, if you will. Exactly. He had to take like almost a year off to to heal, which right. was 2000. Mm-hmm. He was like barely there in 2000. Right. But when he came back, he was still great. Yeah. And I think that even though his peaks were shorter, they were higher than Hogan's. Yes. merchandising and I think mo- mainstream crossover appeal. That also might be economics and inflation. Absolutely. You, you, you don't, because, you know, this is the 80s and this is the 90s. 90s was a boom period for the economy. Very fair point. Yeah. Dot com bubble, a lot of stuff yeah. going on. Didn't think you'd get a little economics in OVP this but, week, I mean, did you? It, it does play in. I don't like when it people does. say, 
oh, they're making more money now than they did in the 80s. Right. Well, of course they're making more money now than they did in the 80s. Yeah, I know. Because it's all relative. I know that. No, yeah. absolutely right. And it also has a lot to do with like how easy it is to get the merchandise. There's right. more avenues. There's more ways to get it. They didn't have the internet in the 80s the right. way they did in exactly. the 90s. I mean, it was just going... You, you had right. to go to the, the arena to get the shirt. Correct. So a lot of things were more convenient in the late 90s. That notwithstanding, though, Austin is number three, I think. Oh, no doubt about it. If you're talking Hogan and you're talking Cena, you're talking Austin or else you're an asshole. Yep. And we're not assholes. No. We're actually pretty nice. (laughs) So for number three, Stone Cold Steve Austin. (laughs) Quinn, does Bret Hart belong in this conversation at all? Um, No. Why not? Hell of a wrestler. Fantastic wrestler. The appeal to the mainstream just not there not, I, not I, there but also he he presided over an era where the product was not hot yep and so that's not his him. i'm not blaming him for that but he also wasn't the guy to bring it out of that either this is bullshit but i would say this just to give him a little honorable mention out of mm-hmm. everyone we've mentioned he's the best technical wrestler out of all of them oh without question He's probably the best technical wrestler in WWF history overall. Yeah. Overall. And I mean, if you're going to talk about Brett, you got to talk about Sean for one second, too. And I don't think he's on the Rushmore, but I think he was probably the best entertainer out of all of them, to be honest with you, in a match situation. One of the best. Yeah. Sean's great. A lot of times when you watch a match, and I know we're all hardcore wrestling fans and we probably don't want to admit it, but sometimes you're, you know, checking your phone or doing something else. Yeah, of course. It's a, just some match on, right? Yeah. Shawn Michaels is a, I can't take my eyes off the television yeah. type of wrestler. And I'll tell you what, Shawn Michaels got better with age. Right. He actually got better with that. But I don't the think it's enough he to, got. I don't think it's enough to put him up there. It's he, not. He's just a solid, solid as a rock, basically. So him and Brett, I think, are on the same boat there. But you, you know what? Speaking of solid as a rock, I have a pick. This is is the, it is it the rock? No. Oh shit. It's a big pick. Who is it? Andre the Giant. That's nice of you. Okay. Yes. Now now I want to set set the context here, folks. We have one more pick left. Yeah. Austin Hogan and Cena are on yeah. Mount Rushmore. So one person can join that elite, and that is an elite. Right. Those are once in a lifetime type of guys. Right. So is Andre the Giant. Right. Andre the Giant was a guy that was so popular, that mm-hmm. was such an attraction, yep. that they would lease him out. Sure. They would make money off him, off other people. By the time they were ready and they had the storylines and the, the wrestlers to fight him in the mid-80s, mm-hmm. they pulled the trigger on it, and it was one of the biggest things to ever happen, period. It was, and Andre the Giant... It goes without saying, was a part of not only the biggest pay-per-view match probably right. of all time, or maybe that's been eclipsed, but, you know, in terms of importance, Hogan-Andre. Yeah. It wasn't Hogan-nobody. Right. It was Hogan-Andre. To see Andre the Giant fight Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. that's where the money came in. Exactly. And then their TV rematch in February of 1988. Yeah. I don't care what the star rating is. That's no. compelling television. Right. This is a professional wrestler that they had... Hyped up to be unbeatable. And even though he wasn't, people bought it because they right. didn't care. Well, because also, look at him. <laughs> like, if, if someone told you 15 years after the fact that this man has never lost a match, fucking look at him. <laughs> of course he's never lost a match. He's Andre the Giant. 
He Go- sounds like a killer when he talks, first uh, of all. Uh, uh, no, but we, we lampoon it, but I mean, he... Uh, you know, like, you, hot I mean, hot he sounds like a legitimate giant. Like He when sounds he, like when he a, speaks. A, a dinosaur. Don't worry about Vanna White. His hands are like bigger than people's heads. Yes, like, and I mean, all that. I yeah, know. I, all of it wrapped up in that package. He's almost like the bedrock. I think the rock, though, belongs in this discussion. Do you not? Sort of, but I think he... Okay, this is my thing with The Rock. To me, he's at the Macho Man's level. Okay, I can see that. Do you see what I'm getting at? Go ahead. I like The Rock. I smell what you're cooking, yes. I love The Rock. Me too. He's great. He was. But he's a rival instead of a... A standalone. A face of the company. That is true. He was never like the, 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 the main guy, except maybe a little bit in 2000 when Austin was gone. Yeah. But other than that, he was never the main guy. Exactly. He didn't need to be. And he didn't need to be, and he had mass appeal, and he's fantastic, and I have no problem with The Rock, other than when he comes back now, but that's... That's different. He's retired, whatever. All right, hey, do me a favor and park The Rock's truck. But the point remains is that he's, as much as I like The Macho Man, I like The Rock just the same, but I don't think all time, Mm -hmm. he's the greatest thing ever. Is Austin a better wrestler than The Rock? Yes. Is Austin overall a more important character in their history than The Rock? Yes. Yeah, then The Rock doesn't need to get in there. I mean, Cena is more important than The Rock, too. Right. Sorry, he yeah. is. I don't care that, like, The Rock's funnier sometimes. I, and I still think Andre is, like, above The Rock. No it, pun intended, yeah. but yeah. But <laughs> you know, giant rose above The Rock. You know who who's, might be Andre's equal in, like, that kind of term? Who? The Undertaker. Oh, God, Quinn. You just threw a curveball. Yeah. Undertaker. And I don't, I'm, I'm not like Mr. Undertaker. Right. You know, but I, yeah. I, I, I can respect him. He might be a number four. Right. He actually might be. Well, here's the thing. On this show, I always tend to compare The Undertaker to people like Jake or Snooka or something like Phenom or yeah, Bray creepy, Wyatt. Got, creepy thing, right? Mm-hmm. But The Undertaker, like Andre, was a constant that was always around. Mm-hmm. And that's why, actually, it's tough because I think the number four could be either The Undertaker or Andre. Triple H doesn't belong here, right? No, hell no. I just get, want to write some yeah, names off. Get, get, get out of here. CM Punk, no way. Not not long enough. Um, he could have honestly. Yeah. He was he was he was like destined to be there if he had stayed around. Daniel Bryan, no, no. Does Billy Graham have any place? Um, I mean, it was short lived. I, I just think it was short lived, and there was too much crap afterwards. He okay. never achieved the stardom he probably should have. There's plenty of guys in the history that. Obviously, could have been. I think we got to go Bruno San Martino, actually, Quinn, because without without his steadiness, you talk about a constant. You talk about someone that could mm-hmm. be there from sixty three to seventy one. Bruno was the champion. Now that might sound insignificant, and uh, was a long time ago, you know, you had the title a long time. But let's say Bruno doesn't have the appeal. He has the the durability. How about that? The durability. Sure. The WWWF as a Northeastern NWA promotion might not have survived long enough to become what it did. Well, you have to think that way. To that point, the other moneymaker during that period of time was Andre the Giant. But he was a part-time moneymaker. He was never... But the, they were making money every time he went out because they were his exclusive... He got a booking fee, Because I know. they were his exclusive I, I bookers. Vince Vince Sr. bought his contract, basically. From the beginning. And let yeah. him out in the 70s. That's true. Quinn's right, right about that. No yeah. dispute there. So he would get a percentage and everything. But in terms of what Bruno did... And this isn't because I'm afraid of Steve Bennett or someone, someone giving us shit. I'm just trying to be fair. 
from 63 to 71, he was a champion. And then again from, what, 74 to 77? Mm-hmm. And when he came back, he still drew house show gates, and he was still a big deal in the early 80s, right? Right. Shea Stadium, all of that stuff. As much as you and I are not a part of that era, mm-hmm. we don't rewatch things from that era, mainly because there isn't much, what, an MSG show and, yeah. like, the syndicated stuff, right? There's no pay-per-views. Right. What he did in terms of importance, though, I think cannot go unsaid. I agree with you. I respect what he did, but what I think keeps him off and this is the controversy because i see a lot of rushmore lists elsewhere where it's always bruno's in there but i think bruno's appeal is more narrow than say an andre the giant an undertaker even a macho man or the rock say what you will great guy kept the company afloat blah 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 bret hart and Shawn michaels did that it's hard to say though with bruno because when he was there they weren't part of a national organization. Who knows how far his appeal would have reached? I don't know. Right. You don't know I that. I don't know the You also to don't know is if, say, they did go national with Bruno, if it would have just tanked a big flop and Bruno would have been not remembered greatly. It's true. Part of his appeal was because we were in the Northeast. Right. And he was from Pittsburgh. And Larry right. Zbysko well, was in the backyard. And he was Italian-American. Right. In New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania and where the WWWF promoted back then, lo and behold, you have a lot of Italian-American immigrants. It's the same thing they did with Pedro, who was Puerto Rican. Right. Union City, New Jersey and a lot of places but in this area. Narrow. It's, it's narrow. It's narrow. Exactly. It's very narrow. Does the guy with his bush light in his hand in Alabama give a shit about Bruno San Martino? Right. Does a guy on the beach in California give a shit? Does... Good the point. hippie does, in Seattle care. Very good point. Quinn. Does the cowboy in Texas give a shit? But can all of them say like, oh shit, that guy's a dead guy. Yes. Yeah. That's a giant. Yes. Right. I think you're on to something here, Quinn. Right. I gotta go Undertaker. That I hate to say this because I never okay. like when he makes Rushmore. Okay. And I, I think, honestly, I feel Andre. Um, so I think we should just have a final okay. final closing arguments for each. Here, Here's the main thing. Andre sold WrestleMania 3. Right. Definitely. Yeah. He helped sell WrestleMania 4. Yes. With the Hogan rematch. He did the main event. You know, a bunch right. of the, the, the TV. So the biggest pay-per-view at the time, the biggest television program Absolutely. The That's a big plus in his favor. The height is a, it's a broad appeal thing. It's, that Absolutely. guy's big. Period. Big you don't guy, have to explain it. You can say he's undefeated even if he's not, and it's believable. Right. Hogan. You can make up a bunch of lies about Andre yeah. the Giant, and they're all believable because and people have freaking look at him. Yeah, exactly. Hogan body slammed him, and then he died a few days later. Right. Undertaker, however, Quinn, right, almost single handedly, but not single handedly, but almost single handedly, helped to keep the WrestleMania brand, quote unquote, yeah, a thing the last ten years. He also changed the way characters were presented, for better or for worse, in How a so? more um, over the top manner. I can't think of characters presented in such a way prior to him perhaps more cinematically more cinematically yeah. uh, entrance wise sure like a bray wyatt for example wouldn't exist correct without the undertaker's precedent right i agree with you 100 like, i know kane is kane wouldn't exist either though kane any character that comes out with the lights off and sure. all sorts of crazy sure. stuff um you know any wild entrance triple h wouldn't be coming as the skull king if it wasn't for the Undertaker, Skull King. I know it's not, or the Terminator, know, but yeah, whatever you know, it is, it did it did something for the presentation of professional wrestling. Not only that, the guy could wrestle. Yeah, 
when he got better if at he it. He needed to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he cut a good promo sometimes. Right. He, that's other thing. He wasn't ever the face of the company. Yeah. He was never a good promo, really. He could occasionally do it. Right. And he only had really good matches if he knew he needed to or if he was in there with Brett or Sean or somebody. But like Andre, this is a guy that I doesn't know. need a good promo. You're right. This is... this is. You're right. Look You're at right. him. Look at him. Fair. He's a freaking undead zombie. Like... We're really going to put Andre or Undertaker in, huh? I mean, I get it. I get why we're eliminating Bruno. Fair. Yeah. The Rock, though? Really? I, I just... I don't... Yeah, I think I, you're right. I, I don't see it. I think you're right. I don't see it. First of all, his his run wasn't that long, and it wasn't on Austin but levels. But so Austin's wasn't that but long. It, it but again, on it's not on levels. Austin levels, so it's, it's mute. And honestly... Austin overall is a better wrestler yeah. in every category. Right. Personally, I think on the mic, the older I get, the more I see that all The Rock did was just go, whoa, 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 Up your ass. I mean, he like, was, I, I, he was charismatic. It was, funny. it was funny. Let's, let's be but fair. But it's a different it era. But it's it was a different yeah. era. The okay. Austin's is more appealing. I think it, it, it hits an adult. And it's more nuanced. Yeah. It's, it's more nuanced. Yeah. It's funnier, too. It is. Right. I'm sorry. It's yeah. funnier. No, and I, Austin's already on, so that's out of the yeah, discussion. Yeah, I know. Now. I know. I'm like, just trying to, to compare him to The Rock and see, all right, right. should The Rock be there or not? <sighs> not Andre. Really? I, I can't go Andre. No. And why not? Because no. he ultimately, he's a big guy. No matter where he was, he's going to be a big guy. Right, but I mean, there's so a what? different. There's a big difference between how Andre handled being big than how, say, Giant Gonzalez handled being big. Giant Gonzalez was not talented. Andre was talented. Right, that's true. I'll Andre, give you, I'll give you that. and also, yeah. when uh, when it was necessary, Andre could sell that somebody could beat him up. True, when it was necessary. But Undertaker, I think, overall is the better, more enduring guy, and I don't like including the Undertaker in this. Hmm. Okay. You, you, I would rather pick I think, Andre. I think you have a. I think it's right on the line. But the I think streak. You, the streak. I think the streak. There's there's very little things that put over the top. But I mean, you can also say the streak with Andre. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, uh, but the Undertaker in general had appeal. Right. People that don't know wrestling at least have been passing heard of the Undertaker. Right. But people who don't know wrestling in passing have uh, heard of Andre right. the Giant. He had crossover. I mean, he, as well. he has he was iconic. The Obey Giant thing. The Obey the Giant. Graf- yeah. The graffiti. You know, like he You're was an right. icon. Yeah, I mean, Final Fight based a character off of him. Right. And Dory. a lot of things based a character off <laughs> Andre the Giant. That's true. My Giant, the Billy Crystal movie. Yeah. It's tough. <sighs> yeah, it is. We're gonna get so much shit for not putting Bruno on there because, especially when like fucking Bleacher Reporter, all these guys are doing their their rush. More. But you know what I have to say about that? What tough shit. Bruno San Martino is just a narrow thing. The only reason he's on list is, oh, there's a chappy in good condition for 17 years. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> enough. Enough. I'm tired of hearing about it. If you put that guy now, no one would give a shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You know who else was in really good condition and was a champion forever? Bob Backlund. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Right. <laughs> he was. And no one's talking about him. But if you put a fucking giant out there, right? It's like, whoa, what? Who's this? What they is do that this? now. What do you think Braun Strowman is? You know what I mean? Good point. <laughs> what did they try to make the Big Show? They fucked it up. It wasn't Big Show's fault. Yeah, Big Show was talented, right? But they're o- the point is, is they're always finding a giant, right? Yeah. Because a giant has appeal. But is Andre more important than the Undertaker, Quinn? It's under. I gotta go, Undertaker. Come on, the Undertaker. <sighs> You're making me defend The Undertaker, which, first of all, <laughs> I, I, know. I resent to begin with. I understand, but I just... 
I like Andre. I understand Andre. He was he was important everywhere he went because he's a giant. Here's the biggest problem in the end for me. I can't reconcile the fact that I don't think there would be an Undertaker without an Andre. I don't know about that. Why? Because that no sell, unbelievable, oh, I ridiculous don't know. character. I, I don't know. Like even a, even a giant's still human, but yet Andre would sell it like he's you know he's not a person like he's some entity or something i don't i think that's separate from the undertaker the undertaker was based on a western mortician and then a zombie and then an undead zombie and then a biker yeah and a zombie again is that what it was yeah something like that i don't know he had such an enduring career and i know tenure doesn't make you good but it's not like we're talking about tony Gurria here yeah we're talking about the undertaker quinn the streak yeah. It was a big part of WrestleMania. The streak. Uh, and I hate it, but it was it's true. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. As much as I'm not fully on board, I can live with The Undertaker being on there. I'm, I, I'm just being honest. You wrote off Savage. Yeah. And you wrote off Brett and, and Sean. These are people I like. Right. And so do I. If it's between Undertaker and Andre, which I, I'll agree with you, I'm going Undertaker. Undertaker for number four is what I want to say. Fine. Undertaker. My, my key is in. We're turning. Turn in it. Let's turn our keys. Number four, The Undertaker. Well, it took a little while to get there, but we have finally compiled our Mount Rushmore of the best male WWF wrestlers ever. We have Hulk Hogan, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena, and we have The Undertaker. But Quinn, that's just the best. Why don't we get right into the worst? Because I'm sure you have criteria. Right. What is the criteria for the worst? It's a little different simply because I don't think we can just put a bunch of, like, actual losers, people who never <laughs> won matches in this thing. Okay, right, like, like Tim McNeeny and, like, jobbers. Yeah, and let's just, for, for argument's sake, not that I would ever say the Brooklyn Brawler is the worst thing ever right. in WWF, but, I mean, some people would be like, well, he's the worst because he never, ever won, right. right? But, like, that's not what I mean. What I mean is, like, I don't want to watch this person. So like, kind of the opposite of, of yeah. the best in a way. Like, or they were just a complete waste. Okay. Like, maybe they had a bunch of potential, and they, they sucked. Well, it's your pick, Quinn. Who do you think is a good candidate or good starter pack for number one here? Well, I think a go-to for me would be something like Giant Gonzalez. Yeah, he was he was just a bad wrestler. Yes. There's no, no nothing good no, about him. There's just nothing. All he was was tall. And you know what's frustrating, too, is he honestly, to me, was like the the spiritual successor to Andre the Giant when he came in. Like, he should have been. Like, he's bigger than Andre the Giant was. He was. He like, was taller anyway. So it's yeah. like, it's Andre the Giant, the next generation. He came in right after Andre, like, died, sort of after. Yeah, but the, like, like, you know. Right around early 93. Yeah, like, so. And the thing about him, you know, this is, folks, uh, Jorge Gonzalez, who wrestled in WCW as El Gigante in 1991. The largest athlete in the world. Seven foot seven. The whole deal with him is he was actually a basketball player and a very bad one for the Hawks or like tried out for the Atlanta Hawks. And Ted Turner was like, no, let's let's make him a wrestler. Right. And he was an awful wrestler. He was just not a good athlete. All he had going for him, literally, is that he was tall. Yes. And he would fumble around. It didn't help that outfit the WWF put on him. Right, whereas in WCW, he looked stupid because he was wearing like a pink tank top yeah. and like shorts, but the WWF was much worse. Yeah, it was like a bodysuit <laughs> that was... Had fur? That, well, it, like, here's the thing. There was it, alternate versions. It, here's the dumbest part about it, is that it's a bodysuit 
but it's got a body printed on it. Like correct, like fake, like muscles and, and fur and f- and the fur. Which, but there's also real fur sometimes. Right. Remember? Sometimes he had like fur for like tights sort <laughs> yes. of around it. I don't know what it was. I don't know like what that was about. All I know is that the dude was a terrible wrestler. Right. Couldn't cut a promo and was just awful. It was and a waste. It, it was a waste. It could have been something because could have been if it was like, the right guy. He was a perfect foil to the Undertaker. I think they were correct in having the Undertaker fight him. Yeah, if he's going to fight anybody and have a feud with anybody, fine. Undertaker, I get it. Yeah, but he sucked. Right, he, he was just, really bad. He just couldn't do anything, and no. he should have never been there. And if I recall, like even in WWF, didn't he like become goofy by the end? The whole deal with him is he, he debuts out of the crowd, well, kind of down the aisle, but not as an entrant at Royal Rumble right. '93. Yeah. How big is that guy? Looks like he's 20, 30 feet tall. Who is he? I don't know. Undertaker, Undertaker feud, blah, blah, blah. At SummerSlam 93, mm-hmm. he loses to The Undertaker, turns on Harvey Whippleman. Right. Big face cheers, right? And then there's this one clip I found somewhere where he's wearing like a leather jacket and a t-shirt. Yeah. In like September of 93. And he was like all like a face, like, yeah. like Fonzie. Yeah. Fonzie Gonzalez. And, yeah. then, uh, and that was it. So he was like happy-go-lucky, not as much goofy. At the very end, and yeah. that was it. That Yeah, because I remember something to that yes. effect. That's why. I, that's what was going through my head. Yeah. But he just, it just amounted to nothing. It could have been something good, and it sucked. And He's I don't know, really it, bad. It's very remembered for how stupid it was. Like, that's, that's the true. thing. It's like it endured. Like, people were like, well, there, there's good giant and bad giant. There right. was no bad giant before G- Giant Gonzalez. That's true. He was the first really notably bad giant in the WWF right. we're talking about. So, you know what? I'm okay with putting him in as a number one, but I want to counter this with you, especially in light of something that our friend Richard Land showed us on Facebook. Okay. Which is the... Giant Gonzalez versus Nails. So uh-huh. Nails, Nails is my counter. What do you think of that, Quinn? Nails. I mean, Nails. He shit. sucked. I don't understand what was going on there. This guy, even though he was supposed to be a crazy person on TV, I think he was like actually crazy. I think like, so. From hearing how he left, I mean, this famous story where yeah. he like tried to choke out Vince, Vince. McMahon because he was like, I didn't get paid or something. Didn't get paid enough or whatever. Yeah. He sucked. What should he be getting paid? He, sh- he, no, was, he was terrible. Horrible. You know what match he was bitching about, by the way? What? SummerSlam 92. You know what he did at SummerSlam 92? He beat Virgil in three minutes. What should he be getting paid for that? Nothing. <laughs> nothing maybe 50 cents <laughs> everybody beats virgil that's not an award get him a bag of chips that's yeah. your pay you know what yeah. i mean throw one pitch get a bag of doritos just choked him out like he saw that guy look he there was, was nothing he never did and he was just ah <laughs> just come at you with his hands out to choke you and the problem is he and here's another thing where it's a big disappointment right right he should have fought big boss man Okay, this is what gets me about the whole thing, too, Mm -hmm. is that finally, for once in the WWF's career, (laughs) I don't know, it's life or whatever, they figure out that the boss man was a corrections officer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and not a cop. Yes, they finally (laughs) nailed it down, right? No pun intended. No pun intended. (laughs) They finally nailed it down. Yes. And what happens? 
the guy to play the convict is Shitty Nails. <laughs> it could have been anybody, and it would have been good. It could have been like the literally. actual worst thing I have ever seen in the ring. How? It's, and it's not even just ring. He can't even cut a promo. He's like, <laughs> and remember, he has to use the voice modulator because his real voice is all high. <laughs> I don't like you, boss man. Remember? Oh that? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Big boss man, this Wednesday night in Survivor Series. Oh, so like man. he can't even talk for himself. What a waste of space. Can we put him on as number one? He's awful. He is I am bad. sorry. He is really bad. What a way to <laughs> fuck up the boss man feud, huh? True. Like, because that was a serious angle. Comes out of the crowd, beats the shit out of him with a nightstick. He had a legitimate gripe. Yeah, Bossman uh, abused him in, in jail. Right. And of course he did, because Bossman was a heel in the 80s. Right. Of course he abused it him. It all made sense. <laughs> it all made sense. But the pro- biggest problem was, it was Nails. The guy in the coveralls, Mr. Yeah. Magnificent Kevin Kelly, that was his name. One of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen that wasn't a giant from Argentina. Right, yeah. Can we put him in? Yes. All right, so for number one, Nails, because he fucking sucks. Die, die, die. You know who else sucks? What? Remember Cargan? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to bring him up, too. Kurgan. Okay, so Kurgan, again. Again with the giant thing. Yes. They're like, oh, here's this big-ass guy. He's going to be the best thing ever. Right. And then he just was nothing. He was awful. And not only that, that, Uh I I recently heard a story from from Don Callis on the Austin podcast. That'd be the jackal. Yes. And how they could have probably made that better. Mm-hmm. If they had just let Don Callis probably handle it and be the jackal and manage them properly. Right, instead of the charisma thing, yeah. Which is what a giant needs, because usually giants can't talk anyway. Right. Like, Andre had Bobby, and even when Andre was face, I mean, he was like, hi! Like, and everyone was, <laughs> that's basically what it was, but You're nobody right. cared because he was, like, a million feet tall. Yeah. But at the same time, like, Kurgan's a heel giant, right? Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. here comes Kurgan at some, like, party or something, <laughs> And basically what happened is is he was dancing because it was a party, and that's what people do at parties, right? Yes. And Vince McMahon thought he was a bad dancer, oh, and, he, ho, ho, ho. and he asked him to do it again. And Don Callis, out of the goodness of his heart, come, <laughs> comes up to Kurgan in real life and says, dude, he, once this gets in his head, he's going to make it something stupid. Right. Just like the Truth Commission, right? That's what Vince does. Right. And unfortunately, Kurgan, in that moment, decided not to heed his advice. And I hear he's a great, nice guy. Nothing against Kurgan. He became an actor. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Good guy. But, Robert you know, Malle or then, something like then that. Yeah. He, he dances and oddities. And oddities. But you know who's even worse? What? As if this were possible. Giant Silva. Yes, I was going to bring Paulo up. Paulo Silva. Yeah. Silva. Here he is. Thank you, ladies the ring, Gary. He. Giant Silva is actually worse than Kurgan. Is worse than Kurgan. I don't know, though. Is he worse than Giant Gonzalez? Oh, mm. I would put Silva in, actually. I think Silva. Silva was so bad that he would just sit on the outside and do nothing. Yes. Like, in, a, in like, six-man tag matches. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear, and I can't confirm this, I swear they only hired him because he kind of slightly resembled a young Andre the Giant. In his face. <laughs> I guess so. I, I mean, swear. Here's the thing with him, too, is his ring attire. Did he know what he was doing? Did he know where he was? <laughs> he looked... This is what Giant Silva wear the ring every time. Blue swishy pants <laughs> and, like, a different color polo shirt. Or a tie-dye shirt sometimes. Yes. 
What, what is threatening about that? At least Kurgan looked like he would rip your head off with <laughs> yeah. his teeth. Yeah, seriously, like, like Kurgan was like a threat at the right. very least. It, he was in that Sherlock Holmes movie. He was the bad guy in okay, that. Yeah, remember yeah. that? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember he that. He beats him up with science or whatever. Yeah, that. Yeah, Kurgan, okay, so Kurgan's, Kurgan's out. No, yeah, Kurgan's he's fine. fine. He's safe. And he's a nice guy and everything. And he, I have no problems with him. He's an actor. Yeah. He's a good man. Just, he, got, he got swept up at a party. <laughs> he was dancing too much. Vince loves that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, big guys dancing. Right, and it wasn't his fault. So it's not Kurgan's fault. Paulo Silva, though. Yeah. Fuck him. Because he, he wasn't in the Truth Commission. They just brought him in <laughs> after the fact. in the oddities. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you're a wrestler. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't he even know. like a guy <laughs> who just, like, was walking down the street, and they said, you kind of look like Andre the Giant. You should be a wrestler. Okay. <laughs> and then they just, that was it. Can we please put him in yeah. for number two? He sucks. He was such a waste. So for Number two, the giant Silva. Okay. Die, die, die. <laughs> that was an accident, and I'm keeping it. Okay. Uh, so for number three, Quinn, we still have the giant Gonzalez floating around. Yeah. However, I want to take you back to 1998. Okay. And Brockus. Oh. My name is Brockus. Man, Brockus, aka Bad Brock Lesnar. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. The what? What should have been? Like a Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. was this German fella, German, right. yeah, you know, yeah. Brockus. I am Brockus. He was muscles. Yeah, he was muscles, right? Yeah, and he was a terrible waste. Yeah. Speaking of terrible waste, I've got another one for you coming to mind. I think I have an idea of who that may be. Who is it? Ludwig yes, Borga. It is. You got it. Yes. America is crumbling. What the fuck? Yeah, it's to me, it's like it's the same thing. But Borg is worse because he was on pay per view. It's not even comparing apples to oranges; it's comparing oranges to oranges. (laughs) It's like they're literally the same thing, just in a different year. Yeah, and Borg, I think, would be worse simply because this guy was actually on pay per view television. America is crumbling. America is crumbling. America is crumbling. This was an environmentalist. Yes, essentially. <laughs> that was his gimmick, and he didn't like Luger, who no one liked anyway. Right, so by that point, at yeah. least. Yeah. So basically, what you had was a shitty wrestler from Finland right. with a shitty gimmick of an environmentalist feuding with the USA Luger that no one liked anyway. Right. It, Why? And, uh, yeah, I just, his look was bad for what he was, because yeah. you would think that a guy like that wouldn't be wearing, like, a purple and black singlet with like white nikes or whatever like, that's it was true so weird with the short pants he just looked strange he looked strange he was shitty he was just a shitty shitty wrestler yeah but he did give us that great promo yeah america's crumbling america's crumbling so but one promo does not a good wrestler make yeah here i got one for you yeah cv afi oh god he was really bad i I've never seen someone like choke at what they were doing mm. so hard. Siviafi was really bad. What, what was he, Quinn? Explain it for the folks at home. He was basically home. the replacement to Jimmy Snookup. Yeah. But he was awful. Like, he couldn't wrestle. No. There was, he had no charisma. Everyone there was turned just, on him. It was like a negative of every positive that Jimmy Snuka was. Exactly. It was amazing. Like, it was amazing, like, what a failure he was. He was a really big failure. Yeah. To the point where people booed him. Right, and he was supposed to be faced. In 86, which right. is rare that you have that type of right. mentality, you exactly. know? Exactly. It, it didn't happen back then. It, the, the, no. You know, the people cheered the faces and they booed the heels, not the other way around. Almost exclusively in WWF anyway, right. yeah. 
What about Ted Arcidi, speaking of mid-80s? <laughs> well... That's another guy with no business being in the ring. No business. Um, I didn't notably see him, like, fuck up as much, I guess, or okay. botch or whatever. I, okay. I, I, I just kind of, like, it, it falls under the bad push thing rather than the, like, overall just bad. Okay, fair enough, but I'll, I'll put Siviafi in the same way. Right, because so. Siviafi... Well, I don't know, though, because Siviafi, so. like, I've watched matches no, now I know. going back, and he actually is botching and stuff. I know, but you know what? If Siviafi hadn't been elevated to being the next Snuka, and he was just, like, a guy that fucked up, so what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? However, Ludwig Borga, <laughs> the giant Gonzalez, those are two pretty big, like, and because, notably okay, bad. And because we made such a big deal of it, yeah, Dino Bravo has to be in the discussion. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about why do they even bother with Dino Bravo. However, I would say that we might not like his WWF work. There might not be much to like about his WWF work, but I will say something positive about him. Oh, boy. Here we go. He's not as bad <laughs> as Ludwig Borga. He has more charisma than Ludwig Borga. He's better in the ring. Yeah, he can't talk. Better than Borga. <laughs> better than Giant Gonzalez. Better than Siviafi. And better than Ted Arcidi. I have to be honest. And I he, guess better than Giant Silva, obviously. Obviously. He is better than all those guys. Mm. He's just someone that we don't like. He's not the worst wrestler ever. He's just shitty. Yeah. He's just like a 2 out of 10. Right. But Borga? Yeah. <laughs> you ever see him? He is like a half step up from Nails. <laughs> I mean, really? Ah, uh, yeah. He's uh, like a slightly hmm. better version of Nails and only because of that promo. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing in general I just want to put out with all of this. Yeah. Is with bad wrestlers. Yes. I feel like there's such an overabundance of bad wrestlers compared to greats. There are. That would be. So I don't know how complete this list will be com comparatively. You know what? You're right, Quinn. And, that's, and I just want to put that out there. That's a fair point. There is no exact opposite of Hogan. Right. Opposite of Cena. Right. Opposite of Austin. But we, what we do want to know is who do who are your four worst WWF wrestlers of all time? Tell us that. Yeah. We do want to know because right. we're we're going off of what we can think of, what we know, but we don't remember everything. Yeah. Okay. And with that said, yes, I do want to bring up one because I think is if we're just talking about WWF, this is not knocking his wrestling ability or anything like that. Okay. I think the Red Rooster yeah. is like one of the worst things and i'll tell you why because right there was no part in terry taylor's wwf tenure that mm -hmm. was good at all not one part what about his terrific terry taylor run in 92 93 it, it was terrible too little it was too terrible ter terry taylor <laughs> i i can't think of any time i ever wanted to see the guy wrestle right i get what you're saying like, but it's not a knock on terry taylor the wrestler right you and i know have, he's good i have no problems with that but if you if you're just talking exclusively the wwf yeah he might be one of the worst things do you see what i'm getting I, at? I do see what you're getting at however uh what about mo ah well you just erased terry taylor then but mo. then again there's still more spots so but mo but mo yeah but mo now, does Why? he count because he's no. a tag wrestler? He doesn't count, but it's that same vein where it's like a Terry Taylor, where Mo or Mabel, Mabel sucked too. Let's not yeah. be on. Let's not like lie here. Right. Mabel was terrible. Viscero was terrible. Yeah, but Big Daddy V and, and only because he wore the robe or whatever. No, no, no. That Big Daddy V is the like weird oh, the, version the with, boobs, the, with the boobs, the straps. But the viscera, sexy viscera, is also funny. So, that is funny. Yeah, I can't. He had character at least. Mabel. That's the like, only thing yeah, saving him. Yeah, he he actually could be funny and stuff. I think when we're back to Borga or Gonzalez here for right. number three, yeah, I really do. 
And if you had to put a gun to my head and tell me, ask me which one's worse, I'd say Gonzalez is worse. Yes, Gonzalez is worse than Borga. I, I, I'm comfortable putting Gonzalez in. Okay, so for number three, let's put Giant Gonzalez on there. Sure. Die, die, die. So that leaves us with one spot open, Quinn. And Borga's right. still a contender, I think. Yeah, and also I think we, we didn't say this, but we can't put people who just made appearances, like, for example, like the gobbledygooker. Yeah, he didn't wrestle. But anywho, what about Crush? Not, not. See, he's on a Bravo level then. He's higher than Bravo. No, come on, he's not as he's not better than Dino Bravo. Yes, he is. Crush? Yes. I don't oh, even like not. Crush, and I'll say he's better than Dino Bravo. I got one for you. What? Billy Jack Haynes. It's just yeah, funny to make fun of him. I know. He's. I hate him. <laughs> I, I. I. I can't put him near some of these guys. Like I even like Kurgan. I'm sorry, he is bad. Like, I like him as an actor and whatnot, and he's nice and stuff, but... Yeah. Kurgan is really bad. That'll be three giants and nails, but hey, that's the way it shakes out well, sometimes. Well, nails is kind of a giant as it is. Yeah, he kind of is. But there's also Borga. I would say Borga's worse than Kurgan. At least Kurgan's likable. You know who sucked in WWF? Who? Uh, Ronnie Garvin. In WWF, he did, from what I understand, and I'm not going to comment one way or another because I haven't seen. Apparently, he really was good allegedly in nwa and whatever else he did yeah great yeah i believe the people that think he's good i didn't see that in wwf he was <laughs> yeah. shitty there sorry yeah he was terrible like <laughs> i was bad there i never ever wanted to see him what about like warlord uh, like what about like what was the guy with the lasso ron bass ron bass he sucked too but he, again big bully busick like those kind of guys <laughs> like, like ron bass and, and uh, big bully busick has come to mind what about mantar oh mantar and that's another word it's like why what yeah. like, what are you doing <laughs> or like man mountain rock it was okay <laughs> much better as max Payne. yeah in wcw yeah it's okay Mantar Mantar's though. a good one though. Mantar. Mantar's bad. But again, what is it long enough? What about Bastion Booger? That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know that apparently he was really good in Stampede S- somewhere. And in WCW okay, as but, Norman but, the Lunatic can I and all just that. Say something? Yeah. Being good in Stampede should never count. What about being good in WCW before that? That's fine, but okay. we saw the likes of what's good in Stampede. Yeah. And that's Dynamite Kid, and that's it. Brett. You're not going to say Brett was in good. Stampede. Later I don't he know. was. Yeah, not in '78. <laughs> I don't know. He Bastion wasn't Brett yet. Booger. Bastion wow. Booger. Bastion Booger. Kamala. I wouldn't say large he... scale Kamala. <laughs> Kamala. I know. I was thinking of him before, but I cannot, in good conscience, Fine. put him in. Uncle Elmer. Yes. Uncle Elmer. Fuck Uncle sucks. Elmer. Uncle Elmer is the yes, worst. Uncle Elmer. What the hell was no, that? Just no. Uncle Elmer. I, we don't even have to talk about it. Everyone who's ever seen Uncle Elmer wrestle, if you haven't, look it up. It's the worst thing ever. Horrible. Uncle Elmer for number four? Yes. Uncle Elmer is in. Die, die, die. Well, folks, that's our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of WWF male wrestler just wrestlers WWF okay? wrestlers that's it so let us know yours you can do that of course by tweeting at us at ovp podcast you can email us or of course go to the facebook group quinn when we come back we are going to the beach it's gonna are be nice we? we're gonna review something very very interesting yes we are oh and so important information coming up as well back after this 
Hi, this is David Hasselhoff. You know me as Chief Lifeguard Lieutenant Mitch Buchanan from the hit series Baywatch. But I want to share with you my special passion, music. Please help me jumpstart summer with my first American concert. David Hasselhoff and my friends from Baywatch and my very special guest, Marla Maples Trump. Coming to you live June 17th on pay-per-view. You serious? Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Of course, our Season 5 finale, Quinn, episode number 50. Yes, it is. It's been a fun romp so far. We just uh, determined the best wrestlers in the WWF. Uh, Yeah, we did. And we promised you some special information. Yes. So, Quinn, we have a contest we'd like to formally announce. Yes. A contest we're going to run. Our first ever contest. The first contest ever on OVP. This is the OVP Recommend a Friend campaign. Now, let me tell you why we're doing this, first of all, and then we'll tell you when and how. We believe that we have a solid product that we put out into the podcast market, Quinn. I believe so. I believe so, and I think a bunch of our fans do as well. We asked our good friend Sean Mooney to spread the word on that Bobby Heenan tribute we did last week. Right. And it opened up a possibility. Well, maybe if people just told other people about our show, more people would know about it. You know, like word of mouth or or something like that. What a concept, right? Yeah. So we are introducing the OVP Recommend a Friend. Quinn, why don't you explain a little bit about how that's going to work all season long for season six. So all through season six, you're going to have the opportunity to recommend a friend. That's right. Now, to prove that you have recommended said friend... You need them to write a review on iTunes Mm -hmm. and put on the review that they were referred by you. The point is that at the end of the nine episodes, the 10th episode, Mm -hmm. we will announce who has the most referrals in their name. And what the lucky winner will get is not only a free OVT available at teespring.com slash OVP podcast. Not only that, what else do they get, Quinn? They get a very valuable prize. What is that? They get to be on an episode of the show at some future date. We're going to make it very easy for you. Tell some people about our show. Encourage them to leave an iTunes review and say that they were referred by you. Yes. If you get the most of those, you get to be on our show. We don't want your money. We're not looking for fake followers. We're not looking to buy people on Twitter or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be an honor system thing, too. I mean, I... There's no way really for us to verify if you're making fake accounts, but we trust you, the fans. <laughs> Correct. And yeah, and we figure, um, you know, if we can get a bunch at the same time, you know, more people can find out and somebody wins a lucky prize on top of it. That's so right. That's it, everybody wins. We are not looking to sell out. We are not looking to take from you. We just want to be heard. And we're going to you, our fan base, grassroots, to help us be heard, to spread the word, to recommend a friend on OVP Podcast. So we'll be reminding you of that all season long, and you can start now. Yep, this is it. When this episode drops, the contest begins. That's it. Quinn, we have something very important to tend to right now, though. Yes. (laughs) Back in (laughs) 1996, right in the thick of a television series called 
Baywatch. <laughs> oh, what's that? <laughs> well, Baywatch was a show that was on initially on NBC for one season, but thereafter syndicated from 1989 until 2001. That's a long time to be syndicated. Time. That's like superstars it's or something. very <laughs> long. And Baywatch is obviously most well known for a bunch of women running around in red one-piece swimsuits and bad acting. Is that Baywatch? Uh, yes, but uh, I just watch it for the articles. But this is a very special episode, Quinn, because not only does it have the aforementioned red swimsuits, the bad acting, the right. David Hasselhoff, of course. Of course. Of course. Don't you worry, it's going to be all right. No, it has wrestlers, and we'll get to who and why as now, we go on Now, here. isn't Hasselhoff like the king of Germany or the, yes. maybe the prince, crown prince? David I don't Hasselhoff uh, infamously danced on the Berlin Wall or something. I or heard he near, ended the Cold War. It. Yeah, he ended the Cold War. Then this is that's one David Hasselhoff looking for freedom. One morning in June, some 20 years ago, I was one of each man's son. And then he decided to become a lifeguard right. in California. Right afterwards, obviously. Yes. So this show picked up his exploits yes. in California as a lifeguard. He started the Baywatch Corpse. That's right. <laughs> so this is Baywatch Season 6, Episode number 15, and it aired on February 19th, 1996. Wow, look at him run. <laughs> they do that a lot. We have a typical Baywatch opening, Quinn. I believe this one clocks in around two minutes. Two minutes long, and I say to you right off the bat, isn't this show a bit dated by 96? Like, it looks like that weird early 90s, like if, like, Zach Morris was going to the Max <laughs> kind of intro. Yeah, or the Malibu Sands, maybe, in the yeah. summer episodes. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> what was that girl that he went to school with? Uh, it was uh, it was King of Queens girl, Leah yes, Ramini, King of but Queens, I can't remember yes. her name on the thing. You also called him David Axelrod. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name, <laughs> Axelrod Week and Grayzel, something, I don't know. We get Pamela Lee, as she's called, because she was right in the middle of her marriage to Tommy Lee at the yes. time. Pamela Anderson, that would be. And a bit of a traitor here. Yeah. Because she's appearing with WCW wrestlers only about six months or so after her WWF appearance. I mean, she was the prize at the Royal Rumble 95. Sean was supposed to, he won her. He won her, and she she went with Diesel, and that And was then she whole, went with Hulk Hogan, apparently. Setting. Of course. Kind of. You know, why anything Shawn Michaels gets, Hulk Hogan just <laughs> Bruise it up. <laughs> Yasmin Bleeth is here as well. Remember Hobie, Quinn? <laughs> I don't remember Exactly. Hobie. That's why it's funny. This Hobie. is a long-ass opening, by the way. <laughs> it really is. We're still talking about the intro. <laughs> All right. So finally, we get to the actual opening of the show, and it hilariously opens with Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage racing on jet skis. I had a question for you right yes, here. Yes, go ahead. Is this how Hogan got that injury at WrestleMania 9? <laughs> Didn't they say it was like a boating accident? Yes. I always used to say to you and describe what I thought the injury was, that like a jet ski fell on his face, and that's exactly that's what, happens. what happens in this thing. <laughs> it is. So they race for a while with some horrible voiceovers and everything. Hey, dude, you cut me off to me! Then some girl hits on Hogan, so he gets distracted, and Macho Man takes the lead while Yasmin Bleeth now is watching with her binoculars. Like, right. Oh, they're, ra- they're racing. Oh, no. Yeah. And then Hogan, like, gets hit in the face. As Quinn says, based on a true story. It's, I mean, <laughs> if you if unless you buy that Macho Man hit him because he was sleeping with Elizabeth. I think what it is, Quinn, is all along it's been told so wrong. 
Hogan was hit in the face by Savage hitting with a jet ski. Right. That's okay. what it is. Savage okay. threw a it's, jet ski at his face. It's like a combination. <laughs> yes, okay. exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> Got figured it out. So not only is Yasmin Bleeth keeping an eye on this, but Pamela Anderson was because Hogan gets hit with his jet ski. Mm-hmm. He's face down in the water. The acting here, by the way, so good. Yes. Top notch. <laughs> Superb. <laughs> really, really good. He's unconscious. The wave under hit him. Come in. Meanwhile, like somewhere in the distance, Savage is like ooh yang his way in the water. He's yeah. like, ooh yeah, I'm basically, winning. Yeah. I'm winning. <laughs> yeah. he, he's making his like all his trademark lines <laughs> to nobody. While, while he water skis to himself. <laughs> Just like in the distance. Now, of course, Gina Lee Nolan has to join in on the fun. So a crowd. Is, yeah, she's the other one on the show. So a crowd is gathered here. Hogan apparently has no pulse. Well, I knew that already. So, wait a second. <laughs> I have a question. Go ahead. If he has no pulse, right, and yeah. they, they just went through this whole process to, like, drag him to the beach, yeah. wouldn't he been, like, clinically dead by the point? It's been, like, minutes. Yeah, it's been a while, it's and he been- has no pulse. <laughs> right. So, CPR finally revives him, and then, and only then, do they realize it's Hulk Hogan. Yes, Hulk Hogan. As Pamela Anderson and, says. And they continue to call him Hulk Hogan yeah. the whole show. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Oh, my God. God, it's Hulk Hogan. I know him. That's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Don't I always joke about yeah, that? How people well, we can't say, say Hawk, his... but, yeah, but they call him Hulk. Hulk. So Savage finally makes it ashore, and he's literally just Randy Savage. Yeah, he, cutting a promo. He's essentially cutting a promo, but in his speech. He didn't know that Hogan got hit, so he's like, "What are you doing there, brother? Why did you run away from me?" Yeah, yeah. And I'm half expecting him to go at the next pay per view, brother. Like he, even in a television show, they yeah. can't get along, right? And he sounds like he's, like, hyping just yeah. this. Ooh, yeah. This is unbelievable. I like these odds. Uh-huh. Hey, Hulkster, what's the deal, brother? Talk to me. It's not like you to leave me hanging and just checking out the babes. And Hogan's like, I didn't mean to, brother. We need to have a little talk, brother, about who cut out on who. Because yeah. Hogan's such a good actor. I mean, he might as well said, Hogan, you're in the danger zone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, so then we cut over to David Hasselhoff and Lady Shorthair over here, which is, for the record, Alexandra Paul. Um, Stephanie Holden is a character name. So they're talking about a picnic she has coming up with Tom for this weird B-plot that nobody cares yeah, about. Yeah, this is weird, because first of all, I noticed this in the credits, and yeah. I kept bringing it up. It's one of the Van Patten kids or some shit. I don't know why he's the only person in the credits with quotes. Quinn, I can't explain it for you. Is it's he a robot or something? Just and the his way name's Tim? Tom. No, but I'm saying that's his real name. Why would his name be Tim? Because his name is Tom in quotes, but that's not his real name. So apparently she <laughs> is going on a picnic with Tom for this B-plot here. And then we cut to her and Tom on a deserted beach, by the way. Why is no one on the beach? Yeah, and I always wear denim when I go to the yeah, beach. Yeah, he's got this giant <laughs> denim shirt. Yeah. And then, of course, he, his pager goes off because he's Dr. Tom. They should have gotten Tom Pritchard to yeah, play Yeah, they really should have. I've had three concussions. I've had broken bones. And by the way. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it weird that she's the only girl with Jill Taylor hair in 1996 in this show? That is true. You would think the odds by 1996 that somebody would have the short hair, it would at least be like two to three of the six Baywatch girls here. She's the only one hanging on to the the Jill Taylor hair. That's weird. It's very strange. Very weird. So this is very important, folks. Tom notices a mole on her leg and he immediately thinks... That she has skin cancer. How long has this mole been red around the edges? I don't know. 
is this seriously a skin cancer angle? <laughs> like, that's what we've walked into, besides the nonsense the we're yeah. about to watch. <laughs> right. So then we get a weird mole close-up, like it's yeah. Ren and Stimpy. Like, yeah, seriously, like the Ren and Stimpy close-up on the mole. <sighs> and then He's we, like, it's red around it. Do you know? That's serious. Then we cut over to Pamela Anderson just casually eating a snack, while Denim Hogan wanders over, and he's like, thank you for saving me. I'd like to thank you and all your friends again for saving my life. I like how Denim Hogan has a nice blue um, bandana <laughs> yeah, just to match his denim, but like too much blue. It's like darker blue. It's like a darker blue and his yeah. denim is lighter blue. It's very confusing. Yeah. So then he tries to talk CJ, that's Pamela Anderson, and the lifeguards into helping with this Venice Boys Youth Athletic Center charity shit. I had to say this. Yeah. At the beginning, we didn't mention that Pam Anderson was a little perturbed that Hogan was so reckless or something. Oh, yeah. She was very upset about his jet ski behavior. Right. And, of course, all the other girls are like, oh, Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and they're, like, drooling. And they're like, I'm a closet wrestling fan. And right. Blah, blah, blah. Right? Yeah. But, of course, in, like, predictable television fashion, the only girl that, like, Hogan's, like, going to cozy up to yeah. is the one that actually, like, hates him. It's basically the no-holds-barred subplot. Right. Right, yeah. With with Hogan and that lady, and she's like, no, you suck. He you could know? have Yasmin Bleeth or Taylor Thomas. Yeah, I don't know. Right. What, Taylor whichever, Thomas. Whichever one. It sounds real. Yeah. Jenny McCurdle. I mean, yeah. that could be a real person. Yeah. But you know what the, the best thing about this whole thing is? What? Is that... He just sweet talks her into like, hey, there's this uh, boys athletic center. Can you help? Like, yeah. what the fuck? Also, Quinn. What? Was Hogan some weird sex symbol in 96 that I'm not aware of? I don't of? think so. Was I, he even in 86? I, I, it is weird to hear girls saying I'm a closet wrestling fan in 1996. Because that's, that's just not even true. There's no, no girls that there was were closet, no girls that that closet <laughs> wrestling fans in 1996. Maybe in 1998. Yeah. Not right. 1996. I wouldn't think so. So uh, we cut to the Venice Boys Center, and Hogan and Savage are in their normal wrestling gear now. Right. Then some old guy in a Hawaiian shirt comes over and overacts. You know the type, Quinn. <laughs> yeah. Cody, CJ, thanks for working out with the kids. Basically, it's a fake Mick because, look, we have athletic people here <laughs> yeah. and they have to have a trainer. Right. So he's like, ah, they're going to shut this place down, Hulk. Yeah. And I swear I just heard someone in this crowd say Hunk Hogan. Yeah. Hulk Hogan and Randy Sam. I Hunk. swear. <laughs> so the kids complain about their gym, quote unquote, being closed down. What gym? It's an outside, like, beach with equipment on it. It's not a place. They're calling it a place. It's just a fucking beach with weights on it. And they're all What are they going to close down? They're going to move the weights inside? It's a mix house. So then Hogan and Savage talk to fake Nick, a uh, thick, let's yeah, say, okay. about how this place like saved Hogan's life and they want to save it for the kids. They're implying that Hogan and Savage were like troubled youth yes. together or <laughs> yeah. something. Because Savage is like, yeah, I don't know what I would have done about it. He's from Florida. Yeah, what the hell? So is Hogan, really. What, did they go to like elementary school together? Were yes. they going to like smoke drugs? Smoke drugs? I don't know. I don't know. So then we cut over to Mole Lady and Hasselhoff talking about the possibility that she has skin cancer. Yeah. Tom gave her a very big lecture, by the way, about you mean how Tom, yeah, Tom, quote yeah. unquote, gave her a very big lecture, by the way. Then Hasselhoff explains how she's not going to have to avoid this sun forever. Just use sunblock. It's all going to be okay. So, Quinn, you had a couple of comments here. Number one, first. 
His hair sucks. <laughs> Tom's hair, it's terrible. <laughs> it is. Second of all, what is with the sun scare of the <laughs> mid-90s? Like, everyone's, like, flipping out. It's like, man, do you have, like, 14 SPF? That ain't fucking good enough. You better get 26 SPF. Oh, wait, they make 50 SPF now. You know what? Fuck it. Let's get 100 SPF. Like, everyone was freaking the hell out about the SPF in the mid-90s. So they thought, let's make a whole episode about it. And with wrestlers back to savage bench pressing while a black limo barges through a basketball court yeah there's an adjacent <laughs> basketball court to the limo instead of like coming up on the street or whatever it just barges through, through, it. through the basketball court everyone's like oh whoa apparently it's the developer that's taking over this property yeah more like the developer quote unquote <laughs> here they are rick flair yeah whoa <laughs> kevin sullivan <laughs> and vader oh yeah <laughs> So Flair cuts a promo about yeah. how he bought the property and now he's closing down the gym. Yeah, he's closing down the beach with equipment on it. <laughs> this was amazing. You can't do that. Oh, little lady, that's where you're wrong. I'm the nature boy. I've got the documents. Soon, this will all be condos. It'll all be mine. By the way, Vader has his, like, normal mask of on. Of course, but he's just, like, regular attire. Yeah, and then Sullivan has his face paint, but, like, a nice gray suit. Yes, he's got a suit on with the face paint. It's amazing. So, what of kind course... Of, who would do business with someone like that? <laughs> well, Hogan does the only thing he knows, which is, rather than talk rationally, right. rather than maybe get some money together, yeah. Hogan's like, no, let's wrestle, and the winner gets the property. Isn't Hulk Hogan, even in this, supposed to be rich? <laughs> yes. He can't outbid Ric Flair for a fucking, like, beach with like weights on it how much does that cost like 50 bucks <laughs> because apparently he's also the wcw champion right of course Hogan. of course so so they're gonna put the title and the property on the line this is like a 2003 wwe smackdown storyline no, i think it's exactly a 1996 wcw storyline <laughs> okay fair enough so fake mick and pam anderson also are like nudging each other when hogan makes some oh, wise yeah. cracks. it's like the first wisecrack Hogan makes already clips to like Mick like <laughs> he got him like, and, and, and Pam Anderson's all like yeah he told him yeah. like in the background but like she's not saying it but you can see it in her face they, you, you know the look yeah they think Hogan is so witty yeah you know so anyway Vader is gonna face Hulk Savage is gonna face Flair separate matches separate matches that's how they shake this out right and they gotta win both they gotta win both that team the mega powers basically have to win, each win their matches because obviously when they filmed the match at Bash at the Beach they weren't thinking of the yeah. Yeah, of how something. they were going to do the plot necessarily. Yeah. Also, Vader crushes a basketball because just because he can. Flair woos a real lot. Yeah. Kevin Sullivan laughs a real lot, and Hogan sucks at acting. And also tells Flair to <laughs> bring the escrow paper. Yeah. Saturday on the beach and bring escrow papers, Flair. That, Ooh, badass. What a burn. You bring that escrow paper, brother. Is he, he talking even... business in his promo? You make sure you bring your tax forms. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't want to sign a bull. You better bring a black. And you better pen, have brother. all your receipts, brother. <laughs> so meanwhile, David Hasselhoff sadly looks at a picture of Mole Lady on his mantle. Yes, like she's dead. It's a black and white picture of her. He's like mourning her. Like she's very much alive. Not even diagnosed yet. 
and he's like in his like nice house like cabin. first of all this guy runs like um uh, lifeguards or something yeah. why does he have like a rich person cabin with like a fire going is this supposed to be in the middle of the summer i think it's all that money he got for for saving the cold war or germany <laughs> yeah or germany maybe it's the money he got for selling the light up jacket at the end he was very popular in germany yeah. so anyway yeah <laughs> Tom comes over to his house. Tom. And Hasselhoff, this was confusing. Hasselhoff gets all upset, yes. but we don't... The, He's very mad. The dialogue is very vague. He's like, no, you tell me, Tom. Look, the, the, the cure rate for skin cancer is 100%, as long as it doesn't spread to any other part of the body. Look, I just want you to level with me, okay? We go back 20 years here. You're talking to Mitch. Off the record, man, what do you think? Right. I'm so, telling you right now, so but I this, can't tell you. This I, is why it started to convince me more that the in quotes Tom thing was a thing. Because Tom is acting very shady. Right, exactly. So I'm like, what? Maybe that's not his name, but and they're going to tell us at the end. But I think all it is, Quinn, looking back now that we know the ending, I think it's just horrible acting. Yes, it that's is. That's all it is. It's and, just that and obviously, can't act. And obviously bad title cards at the beginning. Yes, <laughs> because the, I don't know who's mad at who for what in this two-man discussion. It makes no sense. There, and I'll cut it in. Don't worry. You're going to hear he it. Has, he says something about confidentiality. Co- confidentiality and he shouldn't be her doctor because he's dating her somehow. But then he tells her anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going it's on. It's very confusing. So we go back to now Mole Lady at their apartment. I this guess is she great. shares is, with Yasmin Bleeth. This is a fantastic storyline in this because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> So Yasmin's putting on sunscreen, and then Mole Lady comes in and yells at her for not using enough. Number eight, that's all you're putting on? Well, it's not enough. Well, I reapply it. When? How often? Hey, number eight, you know what that means? That means if your skin burns in ten minutes, you just have 80 minutes of protection. Shut up. It's it's like a rant. Yeah. Oh, that's SPF 8? No, you can't use that. Yeah. How, how often do you reapply? Yeah. And you, you said, work in the water, it's going to wash off. <laughs> you said to me, Quinn, I didn't note this, I don't think, that that whole scene was an excuse to have Yasmin have her leg up. Yes. <laughs> she has her leg up on the table, yeah. I swear to you, for like half the scene. Yeah, I think that's the only reason why. And it's why. like, it's close up on the leg, like while <laughs> she's talking with, with Jill Taylor here. Right. <laughs> So after this big rant by Jill Taylor Mole here, yeah. uh, Yasmin notices the little patch of gauze on her leg. Right. Uh-oh. Oof. And we get a horror music. Quinn's like, what are they going to make out now? Yeah. Well, they're, what are they going to make out? Or is somebody going to like turn into Frankenstein? Yeah, I can't tell. It's hard to tell because the music is very unsettling. Right. I just want to scream and cry. Okay. It's Okay. <laughs> She's very upset because of the leg. And Quinn, you even said, like, couldn't they change the music? What is this, Castlevania? Yeah, I know. You need to put that in, too, because it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> they're, like, having this serious discussion. It's like, <laughs> the music's inappropriate. <laughs> it's, it's too much. Yeah. They're doing too much to sell the drama. And meanwhile, Mole Lady is, like, crying. She's like, I don't want to die, blah, blah, blah. You know, and- you would have to think that she would turn green and the mole would have a life of its own and eat Yasmin Bleat's leg off at the end. Like, In fact, that's very similar to what would happen on the spinoff of the show, Baywatch Nights, because Baywatch Nights what was, that? was a spinoff for two years. It started as David Hasselhoff's side job where he was going to help his detective friend. What? But after season one, they turned it into a show similar to The X-Files. Weird. And it sucked. And I remember yeah. being excited as a kid. That's weird. I don't know why I watched Baywatch maybe so this, much as maybe a Maybe this episode was the setup. 
This the mold did been. grow into its own thing eventually. You, you might be right. Quinn. Yeah, that might be right. So let's go to a new scene, please. We have um, <laughs> Hogan basically telling CJ, which is Pamela Anderson, that he's going to win. She says, well, what if you don't? And Quinn, you made a great point. Shouldn't they both get paid regardless right. of who he's wins like, this match? He's talking about like the money, yeah. like specifics about the issue. But if he lost, he would still get paid because it's a professional wrestling <laughs> match. It's a predetermined ending. Purse Everyone money. knows this. Right. And the other thing is... Out of nowhere now, Hogan is saying the money matters. Wasn't the whole match for the 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 deed? deed? Yes. So who cares about the money? Okay, I think I get what he's saying here. He's saying we have to win because of the deed. But even when we win, when we get the money or the purse money or whatever, it's going to go to like help the kids or something, pay for like college. I don't know because it's the 90s. It's vague vague charity. Vague Vague charity. There's going to be more money. It's going to be like, not only do you get the beach with (laughs) with things on it. You're all going to college. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. (laughs) So meanwhile, two shitty kids are playing on the rocks. I swear, they have horrible hair. The kid gets his legs stuck. This is my favorite scene. Hogan and um, Pamela Anderson run by some kids like mommy i just saw hulk hogan yeah. she's like shut up right exactly <laughs> don't say shit mommy mommy i just saw hulk hogan matthew what if i told you about making up stories but mom can it matthew yeah. and then hogan lifts up this big boulder and you're like hey isn't that terry boulder yeah <laughs> hulk boulder you mean and, you and all- by the way <laughs> yes go ahead what would they do if he wasn't here like you have this beach and you have these little tiny girls with big boobies but but there's, like, rocks over there, right? And clearly, like, some kid could get hurt. So why isn't, like, Hasselhoff managing this part of the beach in case that happens? Hasselhoff is way too concerned about his ex-girlfriend's Does he mold. even watch the beach? <laughs> He's yeah, done what? nothing! He's done absolutely nothing! Does he go to work? They showed him, like, in a locker room with a clipboard before, but other than yeah, that... What like, is he doing? Coaching, like, boys swimming? Yeah, does he just make the girls work for him so he can sit on his lazy ass in his gym office or something? I don't like. I don't get it. So Hulk has to do, save the day because who the hell else is? Pam Anderson ain't doing that. I'm serious. That rock, she physically couldn't lift it. The other thing you said, though, Quinn, was a very good point. This all wouldn't have happened because the kids wouldn't have been playing on the rocks if they had the youth center. Right, of course. I mean, (laughs) if stupid Ric Flair wasn't turning into a condo or something. By the way, with the condo thing, it's like two basketball courts and like a platform on a beach with weights on it. How the hell is he going to build more than like one condo on it? How could it be valuable? I know you want to fuck with Hogan, but just challenge him for the belt or something. Who gives a shit about this? Seriously, like, is this worth their while? Folks, we hope you appreciate how we really tackle the very tough issues here on OVP. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your friends. So <laughs> we get uh, more uh, mole lady. Now she's got like a full like swishy suit on on the beach. Right. This is creepy because she gets all mad about all these girls getting sunburned because they're using baby oil. I'm like, is this real? She literally walks around to everybody on the beach in like a five minute scene. Yes, a five minute scene with like music in the background. Very intense. Yeah, like it's kind of like maddening. Yeah. She's like, are you using sunscreen? Are you using it? Are you using it? You can't use it. You can't use baby oil. No, 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 no. Baby oil offers absolutely no protection against the sun. Do you have any sunblock? Put it on. Uh, Excuse me. Can I see that? This is just a sun magnifier, you know. You should be using sunblock if you don't want to get burned. Be sure to put on enough sunblock on your baby, okay? And on yourself also. Are you using sunblock? You should be putting some on. 
And then I ask you, are orderlies going to come and take her away God, or that's something? What it felt like, like right? I feel like this wasn't an angle to make her have skin cancer as much as it was to make her go crazy. I think it was an angle to make people afraid of ever getting skin cancer. Right. Shit. It made me, like, physically uncomfortable. So anyway, we cut back to her in her apartment with Yasmin saying how she was acting all crazy at the beach. Then Dr. Tan comes in and we get the big reveal. Yes, it is melanoma. Great. However, he explains they're going to kill it. But only if it's localized, Quinn. Here's the thing. He kind of makes us seem like everything's okay because yeah. he, he literally says there's a 100% cure, cure rate, rate or something. Like he just throws that fact out there with his stupid hair yeah, and he's dumb like, shirt on. We're going to handle it, don't worry, but only if it's localized. What if it's not? We need to know if it's spread. There's no way it's spread. No so, way. Yeah, this is a way to extend the episode yes, to exactly. the storyline because obviously Hulk and Macho, they can't take up the whole thing. Then we get another way to extend the episode because we have like a three-minute montage of Hogan and Savage training with the kids and all this shit. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, it's like Rocky. It's Rocky. There's so much filler in this show. This could have been a half-hour show. Oh, easily. Baywatch was an hour show. I mean, it's 12 more minutes than it, it should be. There's no dialogue. No. It's no, just it's tw- Hulk Hogan training. It's awful. There's so little dialogue in the show. Anyway, back to Mole and the Hoff here, and they talk about nothing. They talk about how they used to be together. They start to argue. Mm-hmm. Quinn gets all upset about now David Hasselhoff's like denim tank top. It's weird because now he's got a denim but tank top. It looks like something like somebody's dad would wear. Yeah, like, like your dad maybe. Yeah, even. like my dad or something. <laughs> like, yeah, it just it, and he looks fat too. He looks like he has a belly. No. And it's no wonder he like slave labors these chicks on a beach to make him work so he can just sit and eat donuts and or something. Fat. Yeah. <sighs> so we actually go to Bash at the Beach now. Yeah, like the pay per view. Yeah. yeah. WCW pay-per-view. So, just so you know, folks, at Bash at the Beach from July of 1995, here's the wrestling part of this. Okay. That was the wrestling event that was actually on the beach, if you've ever seen it. Right. Hogan fights Vader in a steel cage match. Flair fights Savage. And apparently, WCW knew that they were going to do something with Baywatch. I don't know if they had the the plot around it yet. Mm Mm-hmm. But they definitely had the Baywatch cameras there filming this. They mention it at the real pay-per-view. Great. They're like, oh, Baywatch is here. Yeah. And we didn't know why. Fantastic. This, this episode didn't air for another seven months. Yeah. You know? I just don't understand why you wouldn't release this, like, at least sometime in the summer, maybe in August or something. I don't understand why you would do it to begin they, with. It came out in February, Joe. What? Nobody's thinking about the fucking beach in February. <laughs> I'm true. serious. No, you're right, all right. So, we have reporters there interviewing Hogan and Savage. <laughs> why? Reporters. Savage has his Slim Jim attire. Flair and Sullivan cut goofy, laughy p- promos. Yeah, it's you, just like cackling and shit. You said to me, why couldn't they get Mean Gene? Yeah, I, it's weird. We have, like, Mick interviewing Hogan. Mick is interviewing, like, Cody is, yeah. and fucking, like, the other indescript, weird-looking blonde girl. <laughs> yeah, Gina Lee Nolan, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, we get Flair and Savage's entrances directly from the actual Bash at the Beach. Yeah, it's just literally Bash, in, bash at the Beach, just, like, cut up or yeah. whatever. Thankfully, Michael Buffer is dubbed over. <laughs> yes, and the ring announcer is better than Michael Buffer somehow. <laughs> he kind of is. Macho Man Randy we get those horrible punching sound effects. Just yeah, it's like <laughs> for yeah, every you probably single punch. Put that in too. Oh, they'll be there. <laughs> and 
And then we cut in and out of real WCW footage and Baywatch reaction shots. Great. And then we get a um, shot of the Nasty Boys and Duggan. Of course, because Hogan cronies have to... <laughs> you know they had to get paid a little bit they just to be did. in this episode. This is a lifeguard match, which is really a lumberjack match. Yeah. But the only three lumberjacks you actually see are the Nasty Boys and Duggan. Conveniently, right. you know? Yeah. Oh, also, the kid that Hogan saved from The Rock is here also. Oh, of course, because they got to bring them in. They have to. So Savage wins with a double axe handle, which wasn't the real finish, but it's right. a TV show and the match is like a minute and a half. Yeah. Because that's what happens. Well, because we have to give more time to the Hulk match. Yeah, the Hulk match. Yeah. So Flair goes to backstage. Hogan's heckling him, but apparently they made this a cage match without telling anyone. So Hogan's like, oh no. Yeah. Why would he they, like. To be fair, they did hint earlier that they were going to trick him. They didn't that tell way. Hogan, I mean. Yeah. Why would Hogan worry, though? All yeah. of a sudden, because it's in well, a cage and he's afraid. All, why is Hogan ever worried? He always wins and he has <laughs> creative control. He wrote the script, didn't yeah, he, to this? Probably. <laughs> That's why it sucks so bad. <laughs> so Vader makes his entrance. He has a singlet on backwards, which is like 59% yeah, of the I, time. That's not abnormal. Not yeah, abnormal at all. He normally has it, like, it's a give or take. It's a crapshoot. Yeah, with Vader, it's like he just throws the, the thing up in the yeah. air, and if it lands on the Vader time side, he wears yeah. it on the front. He That's doesn't the, care. Yeah. I don't care. Hogan and Jimmy Hart enter, and we think Shaq or somebody, but you're not yeah. supposed to. It's not acknowledged. I forget who was at the actual pay-per-view. Yeah. But anyway, right. Hogan and Jimmy Hart enter. This is such a waste of TV, by the way. I tell you, I, I want to know about the skin cancer. More than anything yeah, now. I, that I, I don't you. care about yeah. the rest of this. Well, Hogan chokes Vader the start, punches. Um, yeah, great. Then more punches. Yeah. Then some reaction shots. Then more punches. Mm-hmm. Then Kevin Sullivan getting upset backstage. Yep. And then guess what? Punches. punches. Then Hogan rips Vader's mask off. Then a body slam by Hogan, and we actually get to hear him say, My back! Yeah, but it's like dubbed in. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Weird, right? Why yeah. do they choose that? They, they, they saw, oh, he clutched his back. Hogan, can you come in the studio and go my back? Okay. Yeah. Big splash by Vader. A Hulk up. Right. More punches. Now this shit gets clipped up like Coliseum video like, on crack. L- literally with like the white squiggly line, yeah. like transition. Because it's like Coliseum video. Because what they do is they act like Vader cut off Hogan's comeback with more punches, of right. course, and a backdrop. Then we get another Hulk up, which is really the same Hulk up from a different angle. Right. Then we get more punches, which are the same punches. This is such a mess. From a different angle. Randy Anderson is the ref, by the way. Yep. Another body slam, which was actually the original body slam, but they cut it before he does that. Oh, my back. They just move it, yeah. Yes. And then Hogan randomly wins without a pin. I swore Macho Man won without a pin, too. I don't think we saw the pin. Yeah. yeah. Same Hulk, thing. But well, Hogan, does pinning like, not exist in the Baywatch universe? It's like you see uh, Pamela Anderson in the crowd, and they're like, and the winner is Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yay! And that's that's it. And it, then we get a creepy post production shot <laughs> of Hogan, like, where Hogan's like celebrating Hulkamania. We did it. Hulkamania rules forever. Yeah, it's clearly like not filmed at that. No, it's not from yeah. Bash of the Beach. But you see like a crappy cage. Right. What you gonna do? Flair hands over the deed to the property, <laughs> <laughs> and then all the kids like storm in happily. But there's more, Quinn. What? Hasselhoff and Moeller are on oh, the rocks. Oh, of course. We have to get this settled. This is ridiculous. They're watching the surf when Tom comes over mm-hmm. in like a weird getup again. This guy's dressed weird all the time. Tom. Tom. The news. Yes, the cancer has spread. Has it spread? Yes. What is this ending? She cries and that's it. <laughs> Fade to black. End of show. End okay. of show. What? Can you believe they gave Stephanie skin cancer? I still can't believe they promoted her to lieutenant. Apparently she overcame the skin cancer. 
And apparently she died in 1997, the character, again, on her honeymoon with Tom. What, did she get hit by a jet ski or something? (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Well, Quinn, we just reviewed one of the worst things I've ever watched. Again, no, this is horrible. It wasn't as bad as, like, TNT. I'm going to tell you something. Oh, come on. I'm going to tell you something, brother. Why did they spend, like, 12 years trying to make Hulk Hogan any kind of an actor? Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why WCW in general spent he stinks. on this. He's horrible. Because more people probably watched this than they watched WCW Saturday Night or some shit. He's a terrible actor, Quinn. I he get cannot it. act. Hold on, slow down, wait a minute. He made No Holds Barred. What's that smell? He made Suburban Commando. Wait a minute. Shut up. He made Mr. Nanny. I hate kids. He made the Thunder in Paradise movie. It doesn't matter. He made the Thunder in Paradise syndicated series. I think you got a winner here. He made Three Ninjas Kick Hogan or whatever it's called. Thanks. I'd rather be lied by wolves. Santa with muscles. He's right. Every single fucking movie he's ever been in, he is a terrible actor. He cannot act. Why is he always acting? Tell me about your problems. You know what's funny about all of this? Yeah. John Cena is in a movie called Daddy's Home yeah. in a cameo for like five minutes. Yeah. Hey, you must be Roger. Nope. And he has better acting ability than Hulk Hogan ever had in all of these like feature films and television shows ever. And exactly. that's like five minutes. You know what? Rusev's cameo in whatever Dolph Ziggler movie that is or whatever oh, yeah. is better than this. Yeah. Roddy Piper in Hell Comes to Frogtown is better than this. Well, They Live is also, but he has bad acting. There, That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. Ric Flair was better in this than Hogan was yeah. in anything that Hogan's ever in. That's Hogan true. is a horrible actor. I bet you Vern Gagne was better in the wrestler movie where he's like, this is professional wrestling. Notice how the two men stand straight up because we have no point system in professional wrestling. This is the style of wrestling or whatever. Gentlemen, the style of wrestling is uh, professional wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Overall, though, this sucked. I'm sorry. Don't justify this. I'm I'm just going to say this. It's not as bad as TNT. TNT was our worst this season. All season? Without question. Like, that was the worst. You know what? Okay. Yeah. Well, folks, we want to know. We want to know what you thought of our season. Let us know if you have any suggestions for next season, for future seasons, future reviews. So you can, of course, find us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, go in the Facebook group. Yep. Head on over there. Just head on over there and you can comment away. And don't forget the OVP Recommend a Friend campaign all season long. Yeah, get, get your recommendations in. Get your recommendations in and we'll see how that goes. We'll see who wins. Quinn, someone will be hosting with us one time. Yep. It'll a happen. One time deal. But it's it, going to be great. Pretty good prize, huh? Pretty good prize. So, folks, until then, thank you so much for a wonderful season five. We, of course, will be back next week, October 2nd, for season six. See ya. Okay, this is our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast promo. Here we go. Three, two, one. They're absolutely doing, folks. We want to continue to write this show, so f*** it. <laughs> a character, a uh, character, a character. I have to edit this. This is a good blooper reel, don't worry. Ball sacks. Yeah. All right. Bastion ball sacks. Chris ben- Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about this opening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us as we romp through the wacky world of retro wrestling. That was a good one, right? Yeah, we'll (laughs) romp it. (laughs) And this is a very special episode. Did you know that? (laughs) Did I? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to... Save that one. I'm saving that. Yeah. (laughs)
<laughs> you know what's going on here, Quinn, is it's a Wednesday. Yeah. This show has almost been on for one year. That's crazy. Isn't that nutso? That is nutso. Yeah. Nuts with an O. A caricature. I can't say the f***ing word. Caricature? Yeah, but I have to redo it. Okay. This episode, number 49, right before the net. F***ing hellhole. All right, I'll, I'll pick it up somewhere. Right, a caricature. I, say it for me, Quinn. <laughs> a caricature. <laughs> we're, we're both saying it wrong. We have our final why did they bother of the season that we are not picking. That's a stupid line to say, Joe. Let me edit that. <laughs> the following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point. The Retro Wrestling Podcast. Wow. Who cares? Don't call them the aftermags. Die, die, die. Championship. Will you stop? That was, that was funny. funny.